You are listening to a Nerd Room Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to check out more from the Star Wars Commonwealth on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Hey everyone and welcome to Nerd Room. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, and DC. This episode number 177, we'll be discussing Spider-Man Far From Home. I'm one of your hosts, Tim. I'm Troy. And I'm Sanjay. Alright, gentlemen, we're at the Nerd Room review table for the franchise follow-up to Spider-Man Far From Home, Marvel's 23rd entry into the MCU, and the epilogue and sequel to the biggest MCU film of all time in Avengers Endgame. You guys heard our spoiler-free review, our reactions from last week. We're still coming down off of that high because this was an incredible movie-going experience. Go back and listen to those first reactions because this week's podcast is going to be almost completely spoiler-filled. So if you have not seen the movie, this is already a caution. We're going to do a small, very small spoiler-free section. Just kind of our reactions coming out from a week off listening back to what we had said troy seeing it for a second and a third time <laughs> and a fourth and a fifth <laughs> give those reactions and then we're going to deep dive into this chronological order like we always do here in the nerd room break this movie down in all sorts of fantastic detail because there's a lot to talk about here with peter parker's second solo film entry into the mcu guys how are you feeling troy i'm gonna throw it to you first yeah, how are you feeling one week out three viewings under your belt does your excitement still hold up from when we discussed this last week a hundred percent man yeah my excitement's on another level um i can't remember what i said the last time where i ranked the film Maybe I'll hold off that for a bit. Yeah. I guess we're going to be doing a ranking later we'll rank on. Later on. But um, yeah, man, I, I absolutely love this film. If you're a hardcore Spider-Man fan, I feel like this hits every check mark of all your fanboy um, wishes come true on the big screen. So um, yeah, third time seeing it. Uh, it's been a ride every time. The biggest thing I got to say, actually, too, is it's a very well-paced film. Seeing it the third yes. time around, I kept that right there's here, no man. lulls. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, there's no lulls going through this film. It's very well-paced. And um, ah, man, I can't wait to get into this a little later yeah. on. So yeah, much to tell. Very exciting. Yeah. Sunny man. Yeah. You are, uh, as you called yourself, the biggest critic of the MCU at the table here. I think that's a fair statement. It's yeah. 100% fair statement. And I think you've you've always, you've always often brought a new and interesting voice to the table. Because Troy and I here, we're, we're you know, we're fanboys. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm a sucker for this stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolute sucker. Oh, but you, you bring us down nicely. And I think you have that, you know, you level off that, that review here. But last week when we spoke about our reactions, you said that you had an absolute blast in this film. I remember your reaction. I was sitting yeah. right beside you. One week out, you've had some time to digest this film. How are you feeling right now? Oh, man. You know, one week ago, we saw this film. Actually, one week ago, six weeks. No, not six weeks. Six days ago, <laughs> we saw this film. Let me tell you, this is still, like, up there for me in terms of, like, top MCU films, top Spider-Man films. I had such a good time. I mean, I've only seen it the one time, so my opinion really can't change that much. <laughs> but just thinking about it and thinking about some of the scenes and some of the movie... For the most part, I still, you know, I still say that. there's like one or two scenes that are kind of nitpicky because I have to be the nitpicky jerk on this movie. <laughs> but still, in terms of like MCU top echelon, in terms of Spider-Man movies, top echelon, in terms of like even Marvel films, like top echelon. So I still really love this film. You know, uh, I'm a big Spider-Man guy, not as big as Troy, but uh, 
Man, this, this is a good film. From from what I remember, I mean, maybe I'll watch it a second time and absolutely hate it. Probably not. That's never happened to me before. I don't think that's ever happened in the history of cinema where you see a movie once, love it, see it twice, and hate it. I don't know. But for me, it hasn't happened. And I'm excited to see this again. I don't know if I'll get to see it in the theater. Probably not. I'll have to wait for that sweet steelbook to come out. Yes, you will. Yeah. Mm. I, I'm right there with you guys. My excitement and my movie-going experience was next level. Like, the last few Marvel movies that I've sat in and watched in theater, well, I watch all of them, but <laughs> Endgame and this one, they have been rides. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm going in with... Because we, we talk about this so much, and we have these high expectations. But this one, I don't know, because Spider-Man and my focus at collecting and within the MCU isn't purely on Spider-Man. Like, I don't have that kind of real hard focus on him. I'm more of a Cap guy and yeah. all that. And so walking into this, my expectation was, yeah, it's going to be really good. But this, to me, cleared that bar mm. of really good into excellent top 10 MCU films for me for yep. sure. And it was a pure joy to watch this film. I smiled the whole time. I was literally on the edge of my seat right up until the last frame of the film. And I have to agree with you, man. This film is so well paced. Every aspect of Peter's journey is engaging. It's interesting. I wanted more of every character. It delivered for me on a Peter Parker level, on a Spider-Man level, and on a greater MCU narrative level. Yes. This had a hard task of following up Avengers Endgame. You know, the closeout mm-hmm. really to the last three phases of films, last 10, 11 years of filmmaking. This is the job to pick up the pieces of that and really drive forward the narrative without being weighed down by that, by the weight of that, by the shadow of this massive film that just happened a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. And it, it does, you don't even feel that. Like you understand and you get what's gone on in Endgame, but it doesn't weigh the film down in any capacity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is a, a lighthearted, that the tone is great. But it still feels like a Spider-Man film, but it weaves in so much of the MCU very organically. We're going to get into the details of that. But I think this is one of the best films that is a character-focused film that really does a good job at bringing so many different films into the... This references half the films in the MCU without even trying Mm -hmm. and does it well. Like We've seen it in the past where that's been not a detriment to the film, but you kind of grown a little bit okay they're setting this up okay they're setting this up Mm -hmm. this no way you 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 pull every little string on this Mm -hmm. and it all matters for the end of the film too which is fantastic yeah i mean we've been spoiled you know 2019 2018 i think we said this is the best year superhero films ever yeah 2019 comes around and you could argue it's been even greater than that yeah i think it's been happening What, what year was it when we had um, Winter Soldier 14 Winter 14. Soldier then Guardians. we also had Guardians, Guardians. Days of Future Past Days, Days of Future, Future Past, Past. That, yeah. that year I was like how can you top this year and yeah. then we got 2017 with Wonder Woman Ragnarok yeah. and Homecoming yeah. and I was like I don't think you can top that one <laughs> and then we got what was it Infinity War Black Panther in 2018 yeah. and uh, Aquaman Aquaman, and, yeah. and then you got Ant-Man and the Wasp, yeah. which yeah. you know a lot of people out there do like. So yeah. they keep topping themselves, man. Yes. It's crazy. Yeah. This year is, yeah, we're talking Captain Marvel, Endgame, and Spider-Man Far From Home, and then yeah. we got Joker later on in the year. That's Joker. right. And my boy Shazam, which Shazam, you guys... Yeah. Shazam! Yeah. You guys are in for a treat. I've not seen that yet. That yeah. is on the to-do list. <laughs> <laughs> I promise. Everyone's been bugging us on Instagram. I know. And yeah. I gotta oh, see yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, guys, let, let's, let's talk about the box office before we get yeah. into the spoiler section here. Now, we did our kind of bets and all that, but it was really hard to calibrate because yeah. it came down to a Tuesday opening. And that's why this review schedule is a little bit off 
the, the, the normal kind of pace that we do with regards to releasing our reviews for these films because it came out last Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we did the reactions. And that's why the box office looks a little bit weird. It pulled in $92 million over the weekend. Flop. Yes. Flop, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> Which in the context of MCU films and Spider-Man films is one of the lower ones. But you have to add in from that Tuesday. Yes. And that becomes $185 million for that six day, which also puts it as the highest grossing Tuesday of all time with $39 wow. million. Interestingly enough, top, topping the amazing Spider-Man. Wow. Yeah. That's the highest cool. Tuesday. Really? It was the highest Tuesday cool. opening. It must have opened on a very similar July 4th type yeah. of Yeah. Yeah. I, th- yeah, I think of... Spider-Man's always, aren't they normally May? Were I think t- Spider-Man's are usually July. July? For the most part. If you look at uh, Homecoming, The Amazing Spider-Man were yeah. both in July. Spider-Man 2 is the end of June. Ramy's and then you got a couple of May ones okay. for the, ra- yeah. the yeah. Ramy stuff. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. Wow. That's yeah. crazy. So very, very impressive. And this yeah. already puts it as, at, as far as the domestic gross at $185 million, which it puts it at 19th of the 23 films domestically. So this has already beat out some of the Phase 1 films as far as gross over one weekend. So this is doing very, very well. It's on its way to topping or matching at least Homecoming's $330 million, nice. $34 million. And, and who took this in the box office pool? I'm afraid to ask. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think we should ban him. The three M's over yeah. here. Yeah, three M's, triple M's. He's like, yeah. hey, let's take Marvel films. And I was like, no, I'm outsmarting him. I'm not going to take any Marvel Yeah, I Marvel with that films. one pretty well with the three M's. With yeah, the, you did. Captain Marvel could have gone either way, though. You know yeah, what I mean? They could have yeah. gone either way. You, yeah. It's true. I mean, there wasn't like a lot of buzz coming into that film. And then once it hit, that's kind of when the buzz kind of yeah. took off. And then it like blew away my expectations like yeah. 400 something million yeah and do you know what that's, to me that's not overly surprising you look at wonder woman yeah, yeah. same pace as that right, right. yeah like wonder woman just ticked over 400 million yeah and that did too and mm-hmm. as as expected this is going to do very well in the box office a lot of people are really liking this has got a huge amount of fan support huge amount of general audience going support yeah. critically it's done very very well and it's going to continue to drive to this box office until it runs into another Disney film in The Lion King. <laughs> Finally, my first uh, foray into the box office. Well, Troy office. is, yeah. as of Hobbs and Shaw, you will be I'm done. I'm done. I'm out. Yeah, Going wow. in the towel. Yeah, but you're going to have like <laughs> $2 billion. I think I said last week I need the Rise of Skywalker to do over a billion dollars <laughs> domestic. that's, domestically. That's right. Because what do you call it? came close, right? Force Awakens? Or did it do a billion? No, just no, under. Close. Just 945. under. Just under. Yeah. I mean, if anything could do it, it's uh, Rise of Skywalker. Well, I think if anything could have done it, it would have yeah. been Endgame. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if it didn't beat Endgame, then. Uh, yeah. yeah who knows, who you, knows? you never know I that mean, Christmas Hall though man th- that's the thing December yeah. you know December the numbers get inflated every day you know during that week is like a weekend so well yeah. you guys are battling because you have Jumanji December and then you have uh, Rise, Rise of Skywalker. Skywalker yeah yeah and I got Frozen in November so I'm all about that late season haul Wow. Yeah, so it's going to be an interesting run yeah. into the end of the year. Troy's going to have to, you know, take a back seat yeah, and watch Sanjay get off the blocks here yeah. finally. Yeah, it's kind of like the tortoise and the hare. A little bit. Know? A little bit. We'll see, though. But <laughs> Except the tor- the hare had, like, super-powered rocket jets yeah. and the Hulk carrying it. And I have Elsa and Simba carrying me, so... We'll see. You'll be yeah. good. You'll be yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. got some yeah. bangers, man. Yeah. 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 We'll get there. We'll get there. But first, got to get through this review, guys. Yeah. Do we have to? It's good. Sanjay, here, the old curmudgeon. <laughs> Boo. All right, guys. We're putting on that spoiler tag. So if you've not seen the film, yeah. pause it right here and come back. And we know there's a few out there, but come back and check out this review because we've got a lot... Of really great things to talk yeah. about here. We're looking fir- at you, Grabs. Yes. We'll see you three times. But actually, thank you so much for that VHS box because yeah. that was incredible. Because you guys opened your stuff. What was it? You were in, down in the States. I was down in yeah. the States and 
let me tell you, grabby grab grabs, gravity <laughs> grabs. He got he hooked me up good with some VHS. It's funny because he probably pushed pause when yeah. I said spoilers, so he's never gonna hear this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now we can say what we really feel about grabs. There you go. <laughs> grabs, you're a terrific guy. Fantastic human. All right, first thing I want to talk about here, guys, is John Watts, the director. Yeah. So the same guy that directed Spider-Man: A Homecoming, come back to direct Spider-Man: Far From Home. Fantastic second entry sophomore entry into this franchise i'm glad john watts is back he brings that element that spider-man element that we're looking for we always refer to it as his john hughes type mm-hmm. tone right it does he does really well at capturing that and i feel that this time around even the action sequences he, he feels more seasoned yes and all mm-hmm. of it he seems a bit more comfortable with the direction of the film mm-hmm. and its placement within the mcu he has one of the more difficult jobs because out of any character, his it was first introduced in Civil War, and then he had his solo editing, and then he had two films mm-hmm. where the character changes quite a bit, has a lot of very huge implications thrusted onto him, yes. and then he gets him spit out the back end of the two biggest films in the MCU <laughs> and has to deal with the fallout from that. So usually in trilogies, when you look at that, the director and even the writers have the ability to follow this character's arc all the way through from a writing and a directing perspective so they can guide the character development where the Russos have had a big hand in developing this character. Yeah. And it's interesting them building this film while also not having seen at least the full results of Endgame. Right. So they're constructing this basically on the fly. So very difficult task here. Do you guys think that John Watts delivered Sanjay? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you brought up an interesting point about like uh, weaving the thread through the trilogy you don't really have that in the MCU. Like you can't really sit back and watch Cap one, two, three as like a completed film. You gotta kinda sit and watch Cap, and then you gotta watch Avengers, and then you gotta watch Iron Man three, you know, and it like builds through it's more like episodes. Yeah. And this definitely like he does a terrific job giving us MCU episode was this twenty three? Yep. Yeah, he does a terrific job giving us M- MCU episode twenty three. You know, like this is Spider Man two. But this ties so well with the rest of the MCU. Like this would be like this is like the most expensive, greatest TV show ever created. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of John Watts? You're, you're I, a big fan of Homecoming. I, I, so. I love Homecoming. I love Civil War, but obviously he had more to do with uh, Homecoming. But I think, you know, apart from the Russo brothers, I think this guy had the hardest job in the yeah. MCU, man. Mm-hmm. Because for him to bring together and close out Phase 3 yes. with Spider-Man, working with a character where this is his third time around being introduced to the general audience. I mean, obviously in this film, he's more veteran and he's seasoned from uh, Civil War. But uh, the stuff that he does, you know, you mentioned like um, this is episode 23, basically. But he yeah. does such a good job, too, with this movie tying in. If you did see Far From Home, you could watch this because you yeah. do get that mm-hmm. nice little montage at the beginning there. Yeah. Where yeah. it explains everything and it wraps it all up. So you could, more so than most of the other MCU films, I think this one can get away with watching Homecoming and then sticking in Far From Home. Yeah. So, yeah. Or, you know, even doing the whole Civil War. Like You have a trilogy in a little bit of a way going yeah. Civil War homecoming and far from home but um yeah john watts man i gotta give up to this guy because yeah. he did such a good job handling not necessarily just even spider-man but peter parker he really dove in to that character and we talk about heart and soul all the time on this show especially matching up with captain america this film is a lot to do with him being kind of the next iron man but still at the same time i still feel a lot of the captain america yeah. responsibility on this kid's shoulders and mm-hmm. John Watts, man. All up to that guy. He killed yeah. it. And we're going to give a big shout out to the writers here, too. Of course. Chris McKenna and Eric Summers. Now, they wrote and did the screenplay of this. They're a dual writer. And they're credited also for Spider-Man Homecoming. So they're following this character through. They wrote Ant-Man and the Wasp. They wrote Jumanji Into the Jungle. So the Rocks you know, oh. want to go back to this here yeah. later on this year. The Lego Batman movie. And they're also big contributors to Community. So there is oh. a 
probably link to the Russo brothers there. Mm -hmm. So this is a writing duo that I would actually like to see do more in the MCU. Yes. Because of the way they're able to weave the MCU through this film organically, these guys and the director, I agree, hardest task, but they are firing on all cylinders yes. here. You know, we've got Christopher Marcus and Seth MacFarlane that did the whole cap arc, everything from the first Avenger right through they wrote Infinity War and Endgame. That's a nice writing duo that's taken the MCU through a good chunk of of all three phases. And I think we need another duo in here that's able to take maybe a character like Spider-Man, follow him through the subsequent Avengers films, mm -hmm. his third solo outing that we're inevitably going to get. Yeah. But I want to see that continuity here because I like what these guys are doing. We're going to get into the details of why we like that. Yes. But holy man, like this trio here, oh. fantastic. Like uh, to me on the level of the Russo brothers and Stephen Mc Stephen and Christopher Marcus. I can't get the last names mixed up there. But <laughs> anyways, it's that kind of combination that I want to see more of because yeah. they've done so well weaving all of this together. Who would you like to see them write? You mentioned you want to see more like more spider-man i'd like to see them but... doing a new avengers film to be honest with wow you. Cool. You, look in, at, eh? you look at what they stuffed into this film and yep. spoilers again we've already put the spoiler tag but everything from the captain marvel reference in the scrolls yeah. to spider-man to a peter parker arc to all the the iron man stuff yeah mm -hmm. like that's that's difficult to balance all this without taking focus off of peter parker and spider-man yep. yeah this never feels like anything but a peter parker spider-man for film. sure yeah. but you're making reference like I, I know it's a throwaway at the end but it's a scroll reference yeah you've yeah. got so many big arcs to close out within this the big emotional peter parker arc. yes and you've got all this crazy stuff with mysterio at the same time like and mysterio doesn't seem underserved as either no no like he's he, one of my favorite mcu yeah films. he's yeah. very well served in this film so that takes talent to do all that like one of the biggest films that we always point out for being weighed down by continuity is iron mm -hmm. man 2 and having gone back and reviewed that i don't really feel that as much anymore mm -hmm. but that was almost like an abrupt stop hey guys we're gonna do a little bit of continuity building of world building here this is all done as the movie goes as yeah. it never takes a pit stop to do anything extra for the mcu it's right. all mm -hmm. part of the whole forward driving peter parker spider-man narrative right it feels very organic yes. they kind of give yeah. you um a better versions of iron man 3 and iron man 2 exactly sense, yeah. right? they nailed it for both of those two combined it in this one film this is yeah. A, yeah. i agree with you this is kind of a weird iron man 3 parallel sort of yeah. arc where you strip down the, the hero mm -hmm. to yeah. basically the character yeah out of his element out of his element yeah. you make him run around without his suits yeah. without you know new york and all that it's very similar to iron man 3 yeah. like you strip the suit off tony and he has to do all this crazy stuff exactly like agent tony stark exactly <laughs> it, but that's the cool thing and the beautiful thing about peter parker is that you know like we know um who steve rogers is through and through we know that he's captain america so there's none of that identity going on yeah. you, you basically even with superman like you kind of just want to see superman batman you like bruce but you want to see batman but with Peter Parker, Peter Parker's life and Spider-Man's life are both interesting as it is. Yeah. Even mm -hmm. more so Peter Parker's. Yeah. That's and they a good nail point it. too because yeah. you never see really Cap as any, like even when he's Steve Rogers, you yeah. call him Cap. Exactly. Right? There's, yeah. there's, yeah, there's no split in that identity. Mm -hmm. They're one and the same. Where even I find that Tony Stark and Iron Man do have that duality of they personality. Do. Yeah. Right? Where they're two different characters. Yes. To degree. Right. Not as much as Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Right. But yeah, that's a really good that point. identity they got to yeah. hide, which we'll get into. Yeah, course, I was going to say. A little <laughs> later on. But going, uh, going back to you, to the writers and the director, I got to give a big credit to you because their attention to detail. Watching this movie again, you guys might have picked it up too. What they did with Nick Fury and, um, Maria, Hill. and Maria Hill. You watch what Nick Fury's doing with that character and he must have studied Ben Middleson from Captain Marvel because his movements and his mannerisms are very much like Ben Middleson. Oh, really? And it's really cool to see the whole reveal, obviously, that we get. It's yeah. fantastic. So I got to give it up to all three of those guys, um, the directors, the writers, and obviously yeah. um, 
uh, Shaft himself, Samuel Jackson. <laughs> well, and it's, it's, it's interesting because at the onset, you feel like, and again, we're going to get into, this, into the end credit scenes that are later on and the implications for them, but even with the scrolls and going yeah. back to, to Fury and Maria Hill is that that could have been an off reference, right? Mm-hmm. It could have just been a throwaway thing, but they weave that backwards into the film, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Because of the what the characters are doing. And mm-hmm. there's some off mentions of Kree sleeper cells and yeah. all this that it just, at the time, it seemed, I didn't pick up on too much of it. Right. Like I never would have guessed that ever. Mm-hmm. But well, we kind like, of did. Well, we did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of in a different way. <laughs> but yeah, having to write that back into the film, mm-hmm. it's, it's really cool what they yeah. did there. And even the implication for Fury really not picking up and Mysterio calling him out at one point and being like, hey, yeah, I fooled Nick Fury, the guy that knows everything. Yeah. But he didn't actually fool exactly. Nick Fury. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, let's talk about the, the timeline here. This is something yeah. we like to place into context. We know this happens after Endgame, after what they're calling now the blip. Mm-hmm. So, Feige did clarify this. So, the snap is when people disappear. The blip is when people come back. Oh, okay. Because I was a little confused. Yeah. Started, like, why did they change the name? Because yeah, I like the snap. Yeah, the, yeah. the snap sounds better. The blip sounds like a bunch of kids made it up. For sure. <laughs> yeah. But that's how Foggy kind of explained it. He okay. says internally they called it the blip for a long time, and then fandom came up with the snap. Oh, okay. And so it's seeming like Kevin Feige just found a middle ground and said the snap is the disappearing, the blip is the comeback. Right. Okay. okay. Um, that makes so, sense. Yeah. So that kind of gives us a bit of context there. And this, again, takes place, if we go back to, remember, Homecoming. Yeah. I did the eight years later, which kind of messed with the, the continuity, kind of had my brain spin it a little bit. <laughs> and Infinity War seemingly retconned all that, so that's kind of been washed away. This goes eight months later. Yes. So, you know, order of magnitude less. <laughs> Do you think it's eight because he's a spider? I don't know. And he has eight legs. Oh, maybe. That's <laughs> probably why they did it. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> probably not, but you never know. It's, well, it seems like a funny number, but I think realistically when I look back, and there's some people online that were saying that this kind of screws up the continuity a little bit as far as timing. But the way I look at this is that Endgame must happen sometime in October. Yeah. I would say 2023, mm-hmm. as we've gone five years into the future. And then Far From Home just occurs in the summer of 2024, right. eight months after that. So they're talking about this restarting the semester. If you take midterms, which if you're doing a semester-based system, which this kind of midtown school of science and technology likely does, representing more of a college rather than a high school or kind of like a elementary school. So restart the academic year mid-October, whatever, November, eight months later, boom, we're in July. Yes. So it's seemingly it all it all makes sense to me. And like we said, I think this beautifully and you know, to your point, organically weaves in all the events of the MCU mm-hmm. and Endgame of this film into this film without weighing it down. This this is a perfect epilogue. We've been calling it an epilogue for months now. Yeah. And this very much is that. Yeah. In, in a roundabout way, without feeling like it actually is just them wrapping up and tying up loose ends of Endgame. Mm-hmm. It's it's not that. It's the Peter Parker story, but you never question anything beyond that. Like this is MCU narrative, but a Peter Parker story. Yeah, which which yeah. is great, which is great. So let's before we get into the the scene by scene here breakdown, there's some missing scenes in here. You know, if you guys have been watching the trailers, we all watched the first couple of trailers. Release the Watts cut. Release the Watts cut. <laughs> this is this stuff is being released actually in kind of a unique way. But the one of the ones that really sticks out is the Iron Spider montage where mm-hmm. he's fighting the bad guys in the restaurant or whatever. Yes. Yeah, it was a cool scene. Yeah, and. It looks like this is going to be part of something that John Watts called the Peter's to-do list, which will be a small <laughs> vignette on the Blu-ray home release. And it's more him getting ready and kind of getting it together. So getting his passport, going to the deli, going and doing... I, presumably, he's just web-swinging, finds these guys, beats mm-hmm. them up and all that. Friendly neighborhood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do you guys think of them taking that scene in particular out? Because that would have been really our first action set piece 
for this Spider-Man film because mm-hmm. we really don't get a proper Spider-Man suited action set piece until the middle of the film. Yeah. 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 So like, do you guys prefer not having this in the film? My, my opinion right here is I like that they took it out. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. think it makes, it makes a better Peter Parker story if that's yeah. what they're going for, because you don't get the whole Spider-Man thing going on. Yeah. Which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It looked like a pretty cool scene from the trailers. I remember when that dropped, you know, I was raving about that scene, like, Oh, that's cool. Cause he like takes them all out. You know, it's a kind of a neat setting in the restaurant. So depending like the other stuff surrounding it, I would have been okay with them putting it in. Like there's, there's not a shortage of action by any means in this film, but it would have been kind of cool to, cause it just would have been like another cool scene added to mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I like it. I like the decision that they cut it a lot. Uh, one being, I'm not a fan of the iron uh, yeah. spider costume yeah. and two we've seen enough of it we've seen yeah. what it's capable of especially in endgame and infinity war and let's just bring it back more to spider-man himself yeah. without relying mm-hmm. on tony so it's cool especially i mean the action sequences we get in this film makes up for it more so yeah. enough on, yeah. on its own so well, and i think it, it, we- it? it weaves into that that peter ptsd kind of emotional arc yeah. where he kind of strips off the suit and says, I'm done with this. Yeah. Right? I, yeah. I don't want to wear this right now. Yeah. I don't want to be a hero right now. I need to take a break. Yeah. But if they had punctuated that with, oh, I'm going to put it back on and go yeah. do a bunch of stuff. Like, I don't know if mm-hmm. it was going to happen before, before, he got, or... before he got to the shelter right. or whatever, but it just feels like it doesn't work into him wanting to kind of relinquish that mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. If he's kind of in doing the crime fighting and all that, it feels like it probably... It doesn't add to the emotional arc. It might even take away from it. I'd say. Because yeah. he wants yeah. to, yeah, he wants to strip down and get into and just be a kid. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, especially everything he's gone through, yeah. right? Because he's done Civil War, he's done his whole, the Vulture, and yeah. then he does Infinity War, and he takes on the Black Order, and then he yeah. gets snapped, and then he comes back, and then, you know, yeah. defeats Thanos. So, yeah, the guy just wants that vacation. <laughs> yeah. I don't blame Fair him, enough. Man. Yeah, Ch- chase the girl. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Long vacation. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Just take a break. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although, I would say, it would be pretty hard if half the universe is snapped away for the school to then take kids out to Europe. I'm pretty sure like the US would be like on lockdown. Like all the schools would be like, we just lost half the universe. Like you guys ain't going anywhere. <laughs> See, I kinda saw I kinda saw it the other way around. I feel like like how much worse could it be? Yeah. Have yeah. you gone through? Is this like sure? <laughs> oh, I'm sure it's like you know, like when um people like survive like an airplane accident, they're mm. like, I'm gonna live every day to my fullest. Right. Just imagine like the hedonism on that earth. Like if half the world came back, it would just be like messed up it would be like people like just doing whatever they wanted you know <laughs> having as much fun as they possibly could like there'd be no rules that world would be anarchy well, well i like that you yes. bring it up because <laughs> what they do they actually poke fun about the snap which we've all been kind of making our own little jokes about the fact yeah. that um the professor's wife, wife yeah that was you know, great claims yeah. to have been snapped and then <laughs> yeah. actually had an affair on him i thought that was hilarious so <laughs> yeah. Aunt may showing up in her home but they think she's a yeah. ghost yeah. Or, or she's a mistress yeah oh yeah that's hilarious yeah, yeah. it makes well, sense and that's that's the best part about this <laughs> opening scene this opening mom montage we'll talk about the the mexico stuff in a minute here but mm-hmm. i love how they bring in the results and the, kind of the ramifications for the blip yeah yeah is that they show the scenes of the marching band showing back up <laughs> yeah in the middle of a basketball game yeah. right yeah. and like all the stuff that may and all it's really cool to see how they weave that in because we questioned yeah how are they going to do this thing is did all of peter's friends get snapped right because we see them in the trailer does this actually take place in 2023 mm-hmm. but they address that with brad right exactly. they have a, ca- a character in there that represents the one that didn't get snapped that grew up in that time frame yeah and I think it's handled really well. You know, because 
of the weight of the snap and you look at the end of Endgame, you look at the implications at the end of Infinity War, this is a very, very somber moment, mm-hmm. a very a big moment in the MCU. And the fact that they go at this with a Whitney Houston song, yeah. with a montage that looks like it was made in PowerPoint or on Apple or whatever. <laughs> on 95 Windows. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best part about it is it, it takes it a bit lighter, mm-hmm. but it works with the tone of the film. It doesn't let Endgame dictate that early part of the tone yeah. of Spider-Man Far From Home. It takes it and runs with it and does its own spin on it yes which i think is great because at first i was kind of like okay this feels a bit too light yeah for the weight and for what we just watched at endgame like mm-hmm. this crazy ass battle in the end we're seeing you know some of our favorite characters die yeah. and mm-hmm. then you get this whitney houston song this weird montage with tony stark black widow and <laughs> steve rogers and all that but this is kind of weird but i like that they did that yeah. because they didn't let like i said didn't let endgame dictate the tone of this film it mm-hmm. took what it wanted to do and it just gave that spider-man that john hughes that john watts i should yeah. say yeah spin to this For like sure. he's put his own stamp on that and i really really like that yeah um one thing steve rogers isn't dead but i guess the world would have thought so yeah oh maybe he like f- kind of like faked his not faked his death but like he's like i'm dead well, but he comes back but he's like secretive yeah well so apparently if you the russo brothers recently said that he goes in different timeline like he doesn't come back to this timeline so when we see him at the end of he's the jumped game, back, he goes back after that. Yeah, so he gives the shield to. So, uh, so he dies before twenty twenty four. Then well, that maybe. So it's weird because it's time travel, so it's really messed up. Yeah. But the MCU timeline that we're yeah. watching, Steve Rogers leaves at yeah. the end of Endgame and never comes back. Oh. So he jumps into a different timeline and comes back momentarily right. to give the shield, the Falcon, the shield, yeah. and then would jump back. Into, oh, and then he jumps away again. I would assume don't that, that he just jumps. I don't. He might. That might be a story we see in the future that he right. stuck around. Maybe Peggy passed away. Well, she did. She did. Yeah. Because yeah. I just assumed he went back. Because obviously, the time that he goes back to, much like an Endgame, that's not our time. Yeah. Mm. So then he does whatever he wants to, and then he comes back to present the shield. Yeah. To um. To Sam, because he obviously had to put back the Infinity Stones, yeah, right? right, right. But then you're thinking that he goes back again. Either he goes back or stays, yeah. but he would stay and no one would know. That's what I was what, thinking, like so people would just Rogers. assume that he passed. Yeah, because again, going back to how the end, how Endgame works, the timeline, is you can't screw with the timeline. So Peggy, no. I know we speculated maybe she actually did marry Steve, maybe the kids were actually right. his and all that. But according to their rules, yeah. Peggy marries dude, yeah. has kids, that's the timeline. When Rogers goes back... That splays different timeline. Different she may marry different Peggy. Everything yeah. changes. Mm-hmm. So he lives. He lives a parallel life, a parallel reality life, but it's a different timeline and different things happen. Right, and it's beautiful actually because yeah. the Steve from that timeline would be frozen, so it's yeah. perfect for that Steve to kind of exactly. hop in. Yeah. yeah, and maybe they never find him. Exactly. Or yeah. maybe they unthaw him, and then he has like two Steves. So like, if you wanted to like bugger off with his friends, unfr- you could unfreeze Steve. He could go with Peggy, then he could go, and then, you know, he's like the double life. I mean, or you could just, if you want young Steve back, you could just yeah. take that Steve that was frozen yeah. and bring him back. Right. In future movies. Peggy's like 70, and she's like, I well, kind of yeah. want young Steve tonight. And he's like, what do you mean? Yeah. Uh, like, I yeah. want the young guy. I need that pep. Yeah. <laughs> now, one character, two characters that they do bring back from Spider-Man homecoming and characters that we also did see in endgame was happy hogan and aunt may aunt may is a big part of spider-man's arc here but happy hogan plays a very important role in this he played more not so much a mentor in homecoming more of someone that's kind of driving the narrative a little Mm -hmm. bit kind of giving him what because they didn't want to pay stark to show up or (laughs) or drum Downey jr to to show up more than 
you know, 30 <laughs> seconds in the film because it's quite expensive. Yeah. So Happy Hogan's filling that role. John Favreau. Mm-hmm. I love that he's back here, but he's taken on more of a mentor role. Mm-hmm. And it's I like how they weave it into that, you know, he's... They don't actually ever come out and say it, but he's kind of playing kind of a father figure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure, yeah. <laughs> to him. And I like the role, and I like Favreau here. Do you guys like that they've now plucked Happy Hogan out of Stark's universe? Mm-hmm. And basically, I he's going to be in the next Spider-Man film. Like, oh, yeah. He is now mm-hmm. a Spider-Man franchise guy. Yeah. No longer an Iron Man franchise guy. I think that's a pretty cool way to kind of weave and continue to pull those two universes tighter together. Yeah. Yeah, no, it makes sense in what they've established in the MCU that this Spider-Man being at such a young age, he's not like the classic Spider-Man where he's literally doing everything on his own and there's no shield or anything like that. Um, This Spider-Man, I don't want to say he needs shield, but he, I guess he's just kind of presented with backup. And instead of it being Nick Fury, because he doesn't really actually get in touch with Nick Fury, the next guy in charge would be Happy Hogan, especially with Stark out of the picture. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense. I like what they're doing. Um, He started to work for me more so towards the half end of the yeah. film that's when the relationship really worked for me the stuff with him and the aunt i thought was kind of funny yeah. but the relationship got real for me towards yeah. the last half of the film. it's much better in this film than it is in homecoming yeah i yeah. found homecoming is almost too antagonistic yeah he's kind of a jerk yeah he's yeah. kind of logan-ish to, yeah uh, to he's logan. got arms reach i don't want to talk to you kid you're yeah. bothering me where this one he's very much i'll be there when you need yeah me. and it's cool too because peter's earned it at yeah. this point now too happy can look at him as an equal as opposed mm-hmm. to just a whiny kid because yeah. peter's grown that much yeah and right. the fact too that stark has basically tapped him on the shoulder and said you know you are my heir yeah i yeah. think i think happy hogan puts a lot of weight behind that for sure oh yeah, yeah. yeah. especially that speech that he throws down on him oh yeah oh. yeah yeah i mean Iron Man, if he's not going to come back, you might as well use him. Yeah. So uh, throw everyone in there. Throw Rhodey in there. Throw Pepper Potts in there. Just everyone that was an Iron Man, just throw him in there. Just bring him on in. Aldridge <laughs> Killian, Trevor the actor, bring him in. Oh. <laughs> Whiplash, bring oh, him yeah. in. <laughs> the, the guy from Iron Man 1, bring him in. Well, we, we do see him for two seconds. Yeah, there is a guy. A little foreshadowing. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. Now, let's, I want to step back a little bit for, for Peter Parker here. Now, we've got Happy Hogan, we've got Aunt May here, two characters that are supporting him. And one real big part of Peter Parker's arc in the comic books and even the past films has been the death of Ben, Ben, right? I was going to say Ben Riley, <laughs> Uncle Ben, not Ben Riley, <laughs> Uncle Ben here. And there is a small nod to Uncle Ben in this film. Yeah. But do you think Stark is taking that place in the MCU? And we're really seeing that kind of thrusting of responsibility onto Peter Parker by Stark more so than by the death of Uncle Ben. Do you think that we're ever going to get any light shed on that? Or do you think that the whole idea of Stark kind of filling that role for him? Because like when he gave him the glasses, Mm -hmm. that could have said with great responsibility or with great power comes great responsibility, right? right? Yeah. Like that should have almost been written on there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it's a very similar idea. Yeah. And kind of a similar arc to that. Like, do we need an Uncle Ben moment or is is Stark enough for you guys? Uh, I'm going to, I don't know. You're the Spider-Man guy. uh, Well, you know, for me, to be honest, um, basically with the Spider-Man mythos, every death that happens Mm -hmm. weighs great, like great, weighs deeply on Peter Parker mm-hmm. and he takes each one whether it's Gwen Captain Stacy and obviously um, Ben Parker is the biggest one so for Iron Man I, I wouldn't quite say he is I mean you could you could go with it and roll with it but I feel like we haven't gone to the point yet where Spider-Man has had to think back to that moment no. of what mm-hmm. with great power comes great responsibility because we've seen it still it's so current and so I feel like they're just going to stay away from it until like maybe when he takes on Green Goblin it's something big that's when he's going to have to dig deep no. and think 
you know, have his little moment with uh, the Uncle Ben. But you could very well be like, yeah, Stark's death has impacted him, which clearly it has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm just not quite there yet to say that it takes over yeah. uh, Ben Riley or Ben Riley, <laughs> Ben Parker. <laughs> yeah, I think it'd be a disservice to the Spider-Man character if they did that, because like Uncle Ben's death is like the catalyst for him becoming Spider-Man. Because yeah. before then, he was wrestling bone saw and not stopping the robber minutes yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it would be like if if batman if they didn't have the wayne's death be batman's catalyst for making his like vow you know what i mean like it's just so ingrained in the character that you can't or like having krypton not be destroyed like you just can't like there's mm. some fundamental truths to each character yeah and you can't like like un- understandably iron man is like a as you said like a very emotional and it weighs on him with great impact, but it can't be the most, right. you know, like it can be one of them, but it can't be like the number one. That's right. Well, yeah. the thing is though, the, the way I see it right now is I don't think they're going to do an uncle Ben mm. moment that affects Spider-Man the way that it does in the previous films and the comics. Mm-hmm. I think they're going with Tony Stark here because realistically like Stark plucks him out, yeah. mm-hmm. makes some Spider-Man to a degree in civil war um, asks him to be part of the Avengers, and he says, no, I'm going to do my own thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then we go through this whole death thing and all that, and then he is spit out the other side as being, you know, really, he's they're pointing him at being one of the new Avengers. For sure. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The next Iron Man. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so I think they're paralleling quite a bit of it. Mm-hmm. I, I agree that, and I don't think it's a disservice to the character personally. I don't, like, I, that they've done that before, and I'm okay that within the MCU, the context of that, then mm-hmm. this is the moment mm-hmm. that really helps define him as a character. Because realistically, when you look at this, he wants to he walk away, basically, from being a superhero. Yeah. He wants no part of it. He spends a whole film running away <laughs> from it. <laughs> and But I never feel that that's at odds with the essence of the character, though. Well, he kind of does, because he... He doesn't want anything to do with it, but at the end of the day, he does it. Yeah. So, for instance, mm-hmm. like, he's on the field trip um, in Rome, doesn't really want to do anything, and he sees Mysterio, but then he goes and offers help. Like, hey, I'm strong yeah. and I can stick yeah. to things. So he doesn't want to do it, but he'll do it. Yeah. Um, he, again, he has another scene, much like the pool, where he leaves Liz in Homecoming. Yeah. He leaves mm-hmm. uh, May, or Mary Jane, right? Or I guess Michelle, MJ, um, <laughs> at the opera, right? So he yeah. still puts that great power, great responsibility over everything. It's it's still kind of lingering there. Like he still mm-hmm. kind of has it. Um, the movies itself, even it's been set up from the Russo brothers and John Watts. When you go back to Civil War, when Tony first encounters Peter to be like, join my Avengers yeah. team here, Peter Parker has a little moment where he's like, yeah, I'm just there for the little guy. And that quick little moment there, you can see the wheels turning. Like that's Uncle Ben right there yeah. talking. Yeah. When we go to Homecoming, he even tells um, uh, Ned, he's like, come on, please don't. Everything that May's been through. And again, it goes yeah. down and you can feel that yeah. weight of Uncle Ben. Like, there's little moments. And then obviously in this movie, too, we get the little BF uh, P there for uh, for Ben. I think Franklin Park or whatever the case is. Oh, but cool. there's little moments without them beating us over the head that yeah. Uncle Ben's present and it's with Peter at all yeah. times. Yeah. I yeah. think they could do something small in, like, the third one. It doesn't have to be, like, the catalyst. But right. I definitely think you have to include it because it hasn't been done in the MCU. It could be something as simple as, like, a, like a flashback scene or something. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, it's such a... And it hasn't been done since 2000 and what, 2001? 2012. Well, Amazing Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, I guess he does die in that one. Yeah, Yeah. so it's been like seven, eight years before the next one comes out. So MCU's, they're they're perfect at taking their time. They never Mm -hmm. rush anything, really. And they don't have to rush this. I don't don't, don't think we even need a third film because it's like, okay, another death is affecting (laughs) (laughs) I think they can ride this Stark thing, and I think they're going to ride it. Yeah. For, for quite a while here. And I'm happy with that. It fits with the overall narrative. And you're right. Thinking back to Homecoming, I watched it a couple of weeks ago. Mm. 
there is stuff there. The, just they little subtle things. little things. Yeah. But I don't think they, like you said, I don't think they need to beat us over the head. Exactly. With that. This is the, oh, this is the emotional catalyst. <laughs> yeah. You have that one. <laughs> this is the one. Have guys. Uncle Ben wearing pearls. That's yeah. all. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> now, shifting gears here, let's, let's, let's step away from, from Peter Parker here before we pick up with him in Europe and go back to this hard open that we have with Mysterial, the Elementals, and yeah. Fury and Maria Hill. Now, we end up down, I believe it's in Mexico, mm-hmm. Nick Fury and Hill are back at it. They're investigating kind of this unnatural storm that's going on. And they encounter, I guess, what's the the Earth elemental here? Mm-hmm. And we get Quentin Beck. We saw yes. this in the trailer. Him popping up, arrives here, fights the character. This is a really cool hard open to this. Yeah. And it abruptly introduced you to these elementals. We'll get into Mysterio in a little bit here. Yeah. But these, these all eventually turn out to be visual effects, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. I when I watched the the trailers, I'm like, ah, dude, this does like this doesn't feel right. Yeah. But when you have this quick rewind in your mind when it's all revealed, oh yeah, I love what they did here with the elementals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's 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 kind of straightforward. It fits for the context of what Mysterio is trying yes. to do. It's kind of otherworldly. Yeah. But it feels at a place if it's not a visual. Right. But being that. Like if, if it were just a molten man and earth man yeah. and a hydro man, that feels a bit weird to me right? in this mm-hmm. universe. But this and the context around it and how it fits into the greater narrative, yeah, it's awesome. I, I'm right there with you. I think it's really cool, especially with what Mysterio did, you know, to plot this whole yeah. scheme of his being like the multiverse, um, planting that in our heads, basically coming off the heels of Endgame where like there's time rifts and everything. So of course, as an audience and even people existing in this world... 616 apparently they would think like holy smokes there is like a time split yeah and people are yeah. coming from different uh multiverses so uh, that worked well for me it threw me off though because the marketing and i actually really like the marketing for this film but going into it they're very clear that they're called elementals yeah we speculated that as hydro man we speculated that as molten man mm-hmm. but apart from molten man being confirmed for the marvel legends we didn't know that hydro man was actually hydro man mm-hmm. going into this movie the first little like commercial clip i saw the guy was interviewing somebody and he mentioned that it's hydro man like he confirmed that it's hydro man oh. and i was like this is really weird because they've been really clear that it's just like an elemental yeah and then going to this film he wasn't hydro man i think they mentioned hydro man by name like his real identity name yeah right? yeah it's all hocus pocus anyway so i thought that was kind of a little funny slip if you even want to say that but anyways i loved what they did with the elementals basically yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah no i'm right there with you i think mysterio fighting them and using the uh technology was really cool yeah uh yeah mysterio was a great character and uh seeing him fight the elementals that was a cool that was a nice touch um but like i i kind of knew i mean we've all like anyone who's ever even like watched anything to do with spider-man you kind of already knew that he wasn't going to be the like the good guy i agree with that but the elementals to me i didn't see that like when that whole thing spun out and reveal i was like jaw on the floor (laughs) because and we'll talk about how they weave it in and all that but I, I honestly thought these were like weird things right. oh, okay. that were actual creatures. Right. So that like, took the, out his home world or whatever the case yeah, well, is. Yeah. Well, even be, like, and we, you know, we're skeptical on the idea. Is there actually a multiverse? Right. Yeah. And we know the essence of, of Mysterio from the comic books, but for whatever reason, I just bought into the fact yeah. that they were just monsters. Yeah. So you would have handed over the glasses is what you're saying. I don't know if I would have handed over the glasses. <laughs> but I would have been like, oh shit, the world's ending again. Yeah. Because yeah. in my mind, yeah. 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 yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, I bought full in to the idea that these were just things. These were just kind of throwaway villains, cannon fodder, if you yeah. will, 
to show how powerful Mysterio was. Yeah. Oh, okay. And me and I didn't, it's the reveal is awesome with Mysterio. And we'll talk about that in a a few minutes here, but how they backtrack and all that and the visuals of it and bringing in barf and all that fan freaking tastic. Mm -hmm. It recontextualized the elementals and I think it does them a world of good. Yeah. Uh, in that, but now Fury and Hill were also introduced, reintroduced, I should say, in this kind of opening heart open here. Uh, we see them at the funeral. You know, we'll talk about the scroll stuff a little bit, and we've touched on it here. But I think it's nice having them in here. It it kind of ties back nicely to the Ultimate Universe. Mm-hmm. It ties in Marvel Phase One through Phase Two, really, where they are prominent figures. You know, from Avengers forward, really, even Nick Fury before that. Mm-hmm. Um, it works with the MCU narrative. Do you think? And again, do you think having them in here serves the Peter, the Spider-Man Peter Parker story well? Does it serve more the MCU, or is it kind of a nice amalgamation of, of both stories running parallel with each other? I feel it works both hand to hand because the ultimate, not the ultimate, the um, MCU really borrows heavily from the Ultimate Universe, and Spider-Man and Nick Fury go hand to hand in that world. So to have Nick Fury and Spider-Man interact here totally worked for the Spider-Man story. But I say it worked maybe going forward more so for the MCU just because in the Ultimate Comics, Spider-Man is not totally all in on Nick Fury. He's yeah. kind of looked at as a little bit of like a shyster in a way, whereas here is a little bit of a different tone. So I think it worked out pretty well. And going forward, I would like to see more of this actually yeah. continue between Spidey and Nick Fury or well, S.H.I.E.L.D. He was kind of a hard ass with them. Yeah, and and it makes sense kind of now why yeah. we're what we got yeah. with him. But he was really hard on Peter to the point where Mysterio even had to come up and yeah. play like good cop. Out of well, the yeah, cop, and Happy right? Hogan plays that role too, right? Yeah, like yeah. Happy Hogan, where he was the more critical one of them. Yeah. Arms reach, do what you got to do. Theory plays the hard ass, like the realistic one. Like you got to choose yeah. what you want to be here. You can't sit on the fence on this. Yeah, either you're in or out, and I'm gonna make sure you're in. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's and it's cool because it's kind of like Peter needed that boost. Yeah. Right? It yeah. worked out pretty yeah. well. He needed that influence. And that's the thing that I like about Peter Parker in this universe is that he's a very influential character, but mm-hmm. he needs the right people influencing him. And I think that goes into the idea of Mysterio is that yes. he trusts people very quickly mm-hmm. and he looks mm-hmm. for a mentor. He looks for advice. And that's why this Mysterio thing works really well for mm-hmm. me. But what do you think of Fury and, and Hill? Yeah, I, I loved it. You know, I, I'd like to go back and rewatch it knowing what I know yes. now mm-hmm. about the ending and seeing how that relationship changes. Um, but I'm kind of the opposite of you, Troy. Like, mm-hmm. going forward, it worked for me in this one. Yeah. But I'd like to see, especially knowing how this one ends and how they tease the third one. Yeah. I kind of like to see Spider-Man deal with that on his own. Mm-hmm. You, you know, yeah. like, because yeah. he could kind of run to S.H.I.E.L.D. and get, like, S.H.I.E.L.'s help. Yeah. But, but like, I don't know. I just want to see, like, Spider's, Spider's a big boy. Oh, yeah. Let's, He's only like, getting bigger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's see him deal with it on his own yeah but i think we got to be clear too fury and hill are not shield that's true that's nowadays, right I guess. yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're kind of just sword. like yeah sword, sword no. yeah or eventually new avengers type yeah right yeah. like it seems like the end is for me the end was teasing all right it's time to you know vacation's over let's get the new avengers together yeah yeah type thing and whether it's sword or whatever you want to call it but yeah. it's it's fury is spy and like he's got a really small crew there yeah um, but it's not Shield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Sorry, I, I got to clarify because yeah. when I said I'd like to see more Fury and uh, Spider-Man going to the future, <clears throat> it wasn't necessarily for Spider-Man to lean on the oh, help okay. of, of yeah. Fury. There's some really good stories where Nick Fury, in some way, is responsible for creating the Sinister Six. Oh, so because okay. of that, that puts a lot of weight on like Peter being like, "I look at you like you're you suck." Yeah. yeah. So I want to see more of those okay. things where like Nick Fury's kind of responsible for doing something wrong, and yeah. Peter actually has to be like the bigger man and fix yeah. the whole situation. Yeah. All right, I'd be down so, for that. I'd yeah, be down for that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. I, I like the. 
idea of him keeping Fury at arm's reach. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I don't. I don't need him to be buddy buddy with Fury. No. Yeah. I kind of like the antagonistic uh, kind of back and forth that they do have. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of even like Cap kind of being like Cap's down with Fury, but he yeah, still has the, him a little bit. He's you know, at arm's yeah. reach. Like exactly. I think he respects Fury, but yeah. he doesn't trust Fury. Exactly. Yeah. And that really is you know the underlying plot point in Winter Soldier, and I yeah. think. Peter Parker's a lot like that. Exactly. That he kind of he thinks that he's a, almost like a necessary evil, mm-hmm. if you want to if you want to call it that. Is yeah. that yeah? The world needs Nick Fury, but no one should trust Nick Fury. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Except so, for the cat. Yeah. Except for the cat. <laughs> that eyeball. <laughs> now we find ourselves at this point in the film heading to Europe, Holland or Holland. Peter Parker has packed that away. They get that nice, cool reference for how he keeps the suit. Oh yeah, that's uh, cool. Yeah, that's yeah. Really cool. Yeah. Um, and we get the you know the Peter Tingle. Yeah, the Peter Tingle. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Love, absolutely <laughs> love that. Made very supportive of mm-hmm. him being Spider Man, being an Avenger. Yeah. Uh, but it's time for him to say, okay, I'm gonna put this away for a few minutes. I saved the world a couple of times. Enough's enough. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna chase the girl. Chase MJ. He has his whole plan and all that. But before we get into Europe, I, I really got to talk about this mm-hmm. supporting cast, guys. I'm invested and engaged with every single one of these characters, whether it's Flash Mob, MJ and Peter's story, Ned and Betty, Brad, Mr. Yeah. Harrington, Mr. Dell. <laughs> I want to see more of all these characters mm-hmm. there. The the thing that in the past with the MCU, the downtime sometimes doesn't work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you have a lot of exposition dumps, when you're trying to build a, a character arc, when you're trying to add in numerous supporting casts and give them something to do, mm-hmm. sometimes it trips over itself. This here, everyone works in this massively forward driving narrative. Yes. And everything that's happening with each individual works to push Peter, Spider-Man, and the whole idea of Far From Home forward yes mm-hmm. i i want more of ned and ben yeah like yeah. that was a hilarious yeah. side arc for both of them <laughs> I, I thought that was so cool and it's funny because they're playing a nod to the comics because those two actually got married oh you really know, in real life so i thought well real life in the comics <laughs> so i thought that was really cool play on that but you're right um you invested in everybody it's the 80s movies no breakfast club like yeah. you yeah. love everybody there that's in detention and yeah. it's pushing the narrative forward much like what we get in this movie they did it a little bit in homecoming but they're going even forward mm-hmm. or even more powerful more so this time around yeah. and i'm all there for it and it's hard to do with this many characters yeah yeah like you look back at other films and thor dark world is a standout one Oof. for supporting cast that don't work well with the main character mm-hmm. and the overall like we're pausing at times to be like okay i gotta give her some time to speak this year, Sanjay, like, yeah. are you on the same page that this adds to the film tenfold, these supporting oh, yeah. characters? Yeah. yeah, no, I thought they were great. You know, anytime Spider-Man wasn't on screen, it still worked. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, the character Brad, that was the one that I was trying to get with MJ. MJ. Yeah. yeah. So... I was thinking he might turn into was like Negative Man or Mr. Negative. Mr. Negative? Yeah, because like he kind of looks like him from the video game. Yeah, well, Mr. Negative is Martin Lee, so different yeah. different name. Oh, okay. But uh, I mean, shoot, they they've done plenty of different things before. I yeah, mean, why not? I was thinking, Whiplash is like a cross mix yeah. of like two different characters. Right? Yeah, because I was thinking like so. he, I was like, could he be like a villain in the future? Because they're kind of setting that up, like he's trying to take Peter down. Right. He's kind of like kind of in a way reminded me a little bit too of Venom, like Eddie Brock. You know right. how he's kind of like trying to take Peter down, but he just can't do it. Yeah. And yeah. like Peter's always one step ahead, so I could totally see them turning him into like a villain somewhere down the line. Well, because yeah. he reminded me of like a classic Flash. Kind of oh, like yeah. the yeah. cool jock, pretty boy dude that yeah. Peter just kind of wishes he was like almost in yeah. some ways. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I like that, and then we see this twice in the film actually, is almost the audience perspective through yeah. a character. We saw it in 
the homeless shelter with yeah. all the all the reporters and all that saying mm-hmm. you know are you the next iron man are you this yeah like all these questions going on these are all the questions we were asking in the podcast yeah yeah and then you go to this brad guy who just says at one point like does anyone ever notice that he just like pisses off like, yeah he's yeah. always like disappearing or always sick or yeah. whatever like yeah. i like that he calls that out yes like, i like when films are self-aware because mm-hmm. it's very obvious when he kind of just takes off and yeah. then that works into why mj is able to piece it together it's like yeah. you're always gone and then spider-man shows up, yeah you know plus yeah. she's into him so yeah. she would be mm-hmm. paying so much more attention yeah. to peter as it is right yeah so i i really like that, that yeah. when films are self-aware and yeah. that brad character he plays that that yeah. self-aware that you know audience perspective on perfect this. yeah yeah and, and it's, it's really cool that they do that but once they end up in europe you know the little traveling around end up in venice venice is a beautiful city i've been oh, there before absolutely fantastic. the cinematography in this film like mm. we watched it in 3d yeah. and it like felt like you were there well yeah. and that's the nice thing they did with this film too a lot of it is on location shoots yeah, yeah. it wasn't in atlanta this time was no it? well yeah. they, i think they filmed pieces of it mm-hmm. but like the venice stuff's in venice the london, london. stuff's in london like these yeah. are all on location shoots and yeah okay they get the big backdrop of all the cgi and all yeah. that but i think that works for the film it makes mm-hmm. it feel real like yeah. it's not just like 3d sets or whatever yeah. they're doing here kind of authentic because the movie actually does do like the motion cap itself it's yes. just kind of yeah. playing itself yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and this is when we get our second <laughs> elemental attack and our first time that peter parker i'm not gonna say spider-man peter yeah parker, oh is in action here <laughs> yes this is water elemental it's mm-hmm. another cool way to use the cgi in the way that i get eventually mysterio is using kind of the the drones and all that yeah it's cool it's another great way to show mysterio what's going on and it gives us our first kind of real introduction to peter parker peter parker in europe yeah man what did you think of this first battle you know this is our first kind of non non non-suited up yeah but our first real action sequence in this film and we're you know we're about half an hour in at this point. yeah i love this scene this got me all in the film um I'm a big sucker for superheroes fighting in their civilian clothes. Like yeah, I just, nice. I like the Power Rangers used to always do their fights and they weren't <laughs> in their uniforms. Uh, yes. Fantastic Four first issue, you know, they're in their civilian clothes. Captain Winter Soldier, like civilian clothes. Yes. I just like seeing the superheroes do that. And um, yeah. Peter Loki does the whole like, which is a new thing where he puts his web shooters on by yeah. clicking his wrists together. Oh, Thought yeah, that was pretty cool. And then he throws on like that masquerade kind of mask. To, uh, to cover himself up. But the fight sequence was great. The CGI was phenomenal, especially him not being in a suit and actually being like a realistic looking person. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really cool. And they had some fun in the middle of the fight too with him smacking his head on the bell like yeah. twice. Yeah. And, you know, obviously helping Mysterio to fight because he's strong and sticky. It just worked <laughs> so cool. And I just love, again, you know, you see Peter from Civil War and Homecoming to this now and obviously Infinity War and Endgame and he's just experienced so much more he's he's like almost like a little vet right now how much stuff he's seen it makes sense that he would be able to take on these elementals with the amount of stuff that he's seen in the past like five years so mm-hmm. this scene for me man is just fire I love it absolutely yeah, yeah no it is it a great like first action scene he introduced the people in the film to Spider-Man and seeing like what he can do and Mysterio flying around and yeah. stuff I, th- I thought this was great yeah. seeing the elemental just like and it made sense in Venice, the water elemental, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, duh, <laughs> I thought it was great. You just, the way he used like the, uh, the city of Venice kind of as a backdrop and using that to kind of help with the battle. And I thought it was great. Yeah. yeah. Now answer me this. You've seen this three times. <laughs> Do they make a conscious effort to, I'm just trying to think back at here. I haven't mm-hmm. only seen it once to have Peter not fully interact with the elementals. Because he shouldn't, like, if he's fighting them, he shouldn't yeah. be able to 
punch them, right? Or hit them. But he's spending yeah. a lot of time like holding up the tower. Yeah. And yeah. in the carnival scene, he's holding up the, the Ferris wheel. Right. And all this. So he spends a lot of time not directly interacting, but he does get splashed with water quite a few times and kind of knocked around. Yeah, so there's a couple of ways to answer that. So if you watch, Mysterio always offers to take on the enemy himself. Yeah. So mm. even when he first introduces himself to Maria Hill and Nick Fury, he's like, you don't want any part of this, I got this, to make uh. sure they're away from it. So he steps in. Mm-hmm. With Spider-Man, he, again, when he's like, hey, I'm strong and sticky, he's like, cool, you go save those people, I'll take care of yeah. this guy. So Spider-Man never really interacts. With the water, we see it um, the second time, or the final battle, we see the drones do this kind of weird thing when they shoot underwater. Yeah, yeah. The water splashes. Yeah. Oh. So that's how you get more of that water effect. And um, the other thing is when we see Peter fight Molten Man when he uses his webs, there is real fire. So his webs don't yeah. necessarily work. But that's the first hint we get that this is all illusion is when Peter yeah, webs he... the um, whatever the drones. It is. The drone. Yeah. 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 yeah the Piece hologram, whatever it is. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. when you know something's wanky. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, I want to go back when I on the second time and pay close attention because yeah. my guess is that they, they really took the time and put the effort into making sure Peter never fully interacts yeah. with an elemental here. It's always doing something on the side. Because I thought it was weird. Mm-hmm the first viewing that he spent so much time trying to keep that tower up and yeah eventually he just kind of yeah. drops it down after the civilians after, clear past. yeah exactly yeah. after molten man or molten man after hydro man or whatever yeah. the water elemental has been defeated by mysterium mm-hmm. like it, it was just kind of a but it makes sense now yeah like, plus plus the enemies that he's fighting like there's not much he could do like, yeah water his webs wouldn't do much fire wouldn't do yeah much. when so, we see that with the fire right exactly yeah. they yeah. burn out so yeah. it makes sense that peter would have to be more the one that's kind of like rescuing people as yeah. opposed to battling mm, the monster yeah that makes sense yeah now let's talk about mysterio here we've had a few interactions with him in the film here in that scene in max always finding the earth elemental and now kind of this first big action set piece in venice and we have peter parker he's brought to nick fury emory hill as well as quentin beck as he's introduced he's wearing the, the uniform looks awesome yeah yeah awesome on screen um, and we get kind of what I'm going to call in air quotes his backstory that he's from a different universe. The elementals destroyed his universe or destroyed his planet. And he's here to save them because they kind of have been cut whole and they're present here and all that. So did you guys buy into this? I know that we all had our, our skepticism about Mysterio Quentin back and what he actually was. But the fact that they introduce kind of the multiverse, we get all excited about this. And it turns out to not be a real thing. Like, it technically is a thing and was introduced in Endgame with the time travel, but the context that we're thinking of this is Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. <laughs> holy crap, what are they doing here? This seems like a nice parallel to all that that they did yeah. late, late last year with that film. Did it did it shock you guys that we really don't have a multiverse? At least the way that we thought we we're going to get it in this film? Not really. Like, you know, I was like, that would be like a bold move for them to introduce the multiverse. And I was like... I mean, I guess they could, and it would have worked, but I just, I don't know. Watching the movie, I just didn't buy what Mysterio was selling. You know what I mean? Like, I was kind of like, okay, this is the bad guy. He's saying he's the good guy in this dimension. I'm like, I, I don't I don't see it, you know? And then that would mean that there was another Quentin Beck running around. In Technically, this, yeah. Yeah, in, in this, like, in this universe. So, I, I you know, it, it made sense in the film, and it made sense that people would buy it, like, the characters like the general people in the film but for me i was like yeah no i don't i don't see it i don't see it yeah yeah you know um going into the film i had you know theories clearly for sure but i was prepared to be wrong absolutely Mm -hmm. with this film but i embraced it i mean with mysterio even being again like in the ultimate universe 
he's done the whole multiverse stuff himself. He's kind of known for that as of late. And um, I guess we're all kind of like speculating and thinking we're going to get some kind of multiverse stuff. But at the same time, the way they twisted it around, it, it worked. And I'm actually happy for it. I'd yeah. rather not have Agreed. a multiverse, at least mm -hmm. this early. I say early. This is 23 films. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm I'm fine without having the multiverse, and I think the reveal was great. It's, yeah, is an awesome payoff. Yeah, where yeah. that the payoff is unbelievable. Yeah, like mm -hmm. jaw on the floor, unbelievable. Yeah. with regards to Mysterio here, and I agree with you guys. I'm not I'm not there with the multiverse. Mm -hmm. I don't think we need it in the MCU. Yeah, it muddles things up. It makes storytelling yeah. a bit more difficult. It makes implications a bit more difficult. We can just go pluck this person back, kind yeah. of do whatever you want with the multiverse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm fine, and you know, Doctor Strange can do it because I feel like they they're able to take the implications of that and not have it widely spread or misused. Right. Um, but in a film like this, it's just, it's a bit much. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that they never went down the path. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a cool nod to something bigger and maybe yeah. something we're going to get eventually. Um, but I, I like what they did here. And eventually with the reveal of, of Mysterio, holy crap, let's talk a little bit about that mm -hmm. as we're talking about the context of Mysterio. Yeah. It's a little bit later on in the film. We got a battle to talk about here first. But while we're talking about Mysterio, that whole sequence was something else like he oh, had yeah. peter parker eating out mm -hmm. of the palm of his hand yes yeah um and i just couldn't believe the efforts they went to to bring back characters from the previous parts of mcu disgruntled stark employees yeah. and the inventor of barf mm -hmm. yeah and going back to civil war you know the first the first film we had spider-man introduced in yeah. like this here like you got a film's worth of villain development in about 25 seconds yeah. genius unbelievable yeah. i love the twist on mysterio here mm -hmm. we all knew he's gonna be a bad guy but yeah. the fact that they what they did here and how they made it fit into the mcu it's very similar to the vulture is that they worked that all into avengers right mm -hmm. they pulled the whole character development and his driving you know hate for tony stark and wanting to do this and kind of shifting over to that that villain life yeah because of something that happened back here that we already know about. Like, we know the implications for this. And the same thing for this. Like, we know all the context here. Okay, we get it. Yeah. And that makes everything with regards to the illusions and all that, we don't have to think about any of that. They don't mm -hmm. have to introduce a technology. They don't have to say he's really good at special effects. Yeah, because it's established. We buy into it yeah. immediately. Fantastic. Oh, Did yeah. you guys like this reveal? Oh, I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. And this is this is why you hire someone like Jake Gyllenhaal to put in this work. I mean... Yeah. This scene, and then the scene further on explaining how the drones work, yeah. he channels into uh, Nightcrawler. I don't know oh, if you guys so seen Nightcrawler, good. but Such a good it's a film. fantastic film, and yeah. he he does it. He brings you that Nightcrawler energy, and it's really cool to see him just flip the script from being the someone that is very trusting and endearing into Peter Parker's mm -hmm. life to now just going into like this madman yeah. on his game, doesn't give it f about anyone, yeah. and it's cool too because here they also establish that. Mysterio isn't really just one man. Mysterio is a team yeah. of people working at it, which could go forward into further films too. Yeah. So, uh, brilliant scene. I really like it. And they, they did, like, I hate to, like, knock on Iron Man 3, but this is a way better reveal yes. of the Travis, or is it Trevor? Tre yeah. <laughs> yeah Trevor. Anything's a way better yeah, reveal than you know that. what I mean? They just, I, I yeah. love this scene, though. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did, like, most of the scene, but I do have, like, some scene, stuff in the scene that I was just like, ah, this is kind of, like, like like Peter sitting there with his mask off in the bar, and I'm like, he just doesn't care about his secret identity. Like I know like who's gonna recognize him in Europe, 
I guess. Night but, Monkey. Yeah. yeah. But he's not in his snapped, red and blues, right? He's just in the... But someone could have snapped a picture or something, you know, on like a cell phone camera and just well, been like... And I think that that goes later on in the film when they, yeah. they do the reveal. Like, how long is it believable enough yeah. in yeah. this day and age that someone's not going to know who that he is? Yeah. And they, like we said, we, we already said that. Let's call it in the film already. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they poke at it throughout the yeah. whole film. You see when he's talking to Happy Hogan. He's about to leave to do that press conference. And you mm-hmm. think, oh, is he going to reveal who he is by accident? And then, yeah. He doesn't. There's a bunch of scenes with the drone attack too when he almost killed Brad. They yeah. almost pieced together and like, okay, Peter, we all know what's up. And you're like, oh shoot, do they know who he is? And it's just like, we see you're trying to pull off that Euro look. Like, yeah. We're not digging it, whatever, right? So there's yeah. always these little nods that his identity is about to be revealed throughout the whole film. Yeah. 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 Um, but no, like I like like the callbacks to the previous films and like him like monologuing and stuff about like, this is this is why like I hate Spider-Man. I minor nitpick, but like this is the second Spider-Man villain that's caused from like the hatred of Tony Stark, mm-hmm. and yeah. it's like giving me vibes of ama- not like this extreme, <laughs> but like Amazing Spider-Man two. You know mm-hmm. how like every villain was caused by Oscorp, like in that movie. It's like okay, we get it, but like it works for these two. Like I'll give them two, but I hope like Spider-Man three, like the Lizard, wasn't working with <laughs> Iron Man or something. You know what I mean? Like okay, you guys got two. But, I think it's like, really gotta go with Craven. They, they, they got you but I, I got something for you because when you go pretty much the MCU yeah. most of the villains are brought to you by Iron Man Yeah. so Ultron is brought to you by oh, Iron that's Man true, yeah. and then Whiplash is brought to you by Iron Man so <laughs> yeah. a lot of it is all Iron Man he is kind of like the Norman Osborn yeah. of the MCU because a lot of the villains just kind of come out yeah. from Tony's doings that's true that's but I hear you though I yeah. want more of like I want Craven like Craven shouldn't be someone yeah. that was like Tony's ex-trainer who became yeah. a hunter oh, I would just like, it's, it's Happy Hogan that. or something yeah. yeah I'd be like what the heck a disgruntled ex-arms dealer yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> was friends with Ulysses because like, even go back to like Age of Ultron like Ulysses yeah. Claw was a former colleague of Tony Stark right, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. And so yeah. there's a there's a Black Panther villain that was a colleague of Tony Stark right yeah. so there's an inherent yeah. link in yeah. a lot of them when you actually think down and blow Right, like, but I, I agree with you. Yeah. It's it's to me. It didn't. I loved it. I love the oh, connectivity. That was great. Yeah. And this again goes to why I think Tony Stark is kind of that that again that not Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben's the wrong thing, but a major catalyst in this because it's for driving sure. a lot mm-hmm. of things. And a lot of it is. It's not so much. Yeah, it is the hatred for for Tony Stark and all that. But they're really chasing the glasses here. Yeah, which eventually, even. which become the MacGuffin of the film. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. They they're handed to to Peter Parker. And it was Fury that brought him to him, right? Yeah. 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 Which was weird to me. That mm-hmm. was kind of the only, like, why wasn't it Happy Hogan? Like, why, and why did Fury send Talos to give him the, gla- like, that yeah. was, that's the only thing I thought mm-hmm. was a bit weird. Like, it should have been Happy Hogan that sent it to that him. That would make sense. And yeah. and Fury saying, like, we know you have these things. Like, Tony yeah. gave me the heads up on this. Yeah. But, because, because Fury's, or Fury, Happy Hogan's the one that brings him, you know, the, the the ability to design another suit yeah. yeah he kind of is that iron man like it, it seemed like a weird odd way to include nick fury like mm-hmm. i was happy with nick fury just being in the film because he's like i'm chasing these crazy ass things <laughs> like, i kind of need your help yeah but yeah. the fact that they tied him a bit more to the MacGuffin yeah. didn't make a ton of sense to yeah me. like it's because he's um He's head over heels over Aunt May, so Nick yeah. Fury's is like, you know, your head's not in the game right now. Yeah. I got to give this to an alien. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but I do like them, and they come with Edith, and yeah. I, even yeah. dead, I'm 
still the hero. Yeah. yeah or great. I'm the hero. Yeah. Edith, yeah, that's great. Fantastic. Oh, Very so Tony cool. Stark in yeah. here. And they do some really cool things with the glasses. Like, he has the incident with Brad. Yeah. And he's able to, I, what is it? I guess it connects to this big satellite thing. Yeah, oh, drone yeah. tower of yeah. some sort. Yeah. 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 And it's interesting that going back to the Mysterio in the scene and the reveal there is that I like that he lures him in and makes him feel comfortable and that, you know, Peter interprets the note about becoming the next Iron Man. Like, it's a question Mm -hmm. we asked in the prelude episode, you know, is he going to become the next Iron Man? And we Mm -hmm. attribute this a bit more to the kind of the heart and soul of the MCU, which I think we did get. But we're seeing a lot more of that literal, you know, transition into the new Iron Man, filling Mm -hmm. in those shoes right and we kind of get that transition a bit Mm -hmm. you know him doing the tech thing to acdc and kind of backfilling that role but he really doesn't want that role he's happy to relinquish it very very quickly and this goes down to the inherent trust that peter parker puts into individuals that he feels like are mentors yeah like he's he's known mysterio for what like 12 hours yeah and some, like the power of a god yeah yeah right and reinterprets what tony wrote in that note about you know oh, i can't remember exactly what it said but him knowing or choosing to be yeah, the next the heir, of, the heir yeah. To, yeah. To, to tony stark and mm-hmm. he chooses this random dude yeah yeah um so but it's i think it's kind of cool setting up that as as the main film's mcguffin kind of halfway through it doesn't feel like it's not another infinity stone like yeah. we're kind of done with that but i do like this yeah yeah very very well done here now let's go back to this this carnival battle Mm-hmm. Um, this is the battle that kind of set forward in motion, kind of what we just talked about with Mysterio here, but it is our second and kind of the middle set piece we have in this MCU film. And it's the battle with Molten Man, meant to be kind of the big boss, if yeah. you will, video game style here. <laughs> <laughs> so they are in Prague, I believe, and this is the Fire Elemental. Um, they kind of go at it here, this carnival thing. We see. You know, MJ being endangered here, Ned and Betty endangered here. So that, again, pulling Peter Parker away from the fight, from mm-hmm. directly interacting with Molten Man. But he does swing rocks at him, doesn't he? I think he, yeah, I think he swings boulders or something. Yeah. Which, I mean, for all we know, could be made, well, that could wouldn't be make sense. Because if it is an illusion, how would he stick to it? Yeah. So I don't know. And how know. would they have planned that? So yeah. I, that's something I have to catch on the second viewing, is yeah. his actual interaction. Or is it like hitting the drones and causing it weird, like they're compensating for it? Right. Maybe. Oh, maybe, yeah. yeah. I'm not sure. But what did you guys think of this fight here? Because oh, this is our first suited yeah. Spider-Man yeah. fight. Yeah. This is dope because we finally get him in the uh, Night Monkey yeah, the yeah. Um, <laughs> gear. And, and leading up to it's great because, again, this is that Peter Parker putting that responsibility first. You know, mm-hmm. he has his chance with MJ. MJ's yeah. showing signs of uh, wanting to sit with him and go mm-hmm. halves on the uh, the Opera House glasses. And um, it's a really cool moment. I remember seeing it in the trailer. I was kind of like, I don't really feel those two's chemistry right now. But watching it play out Oof. in the buildup, I think for me it might might have surpassed the Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone and those two were actually dating wow. and, that was, and that's that was, great that chemistry that that's chemistry. the best part of those, those films I, I love it yeah. and this movie pays homage to some of those scenes that we yeah. get in Amazing Spider-Man 1 but um yeah, so then you get that fight. Peter leaves her. She obviously goes and does her Lois Lane, MJ investigating to see what's <laughs> yeah. going on. And um, it's it's a fantastic scene. That I you know this scene actually sold me on the Night Monkey stealth suit. Yeah, I wasn't I a fan at first, and now yeah. I'm like I'm yeah. digging it. Yeah, well, you went about the legend. I gotta get a legend yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had it in my hand and I put it back. It's like it's all black. I'm not yeah. digging this too much. It's but... stacked though. There's, yeah. there's a bunch of them. Yeah, but seeing it in the film and in action, it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's fantastic. But it's, getting... it's funny to me that that's our first suit we see in proper action yeah in the film yeah yeah that's yeah. Like we're like halfway through the film yeah yeah, yeah. it's crazy it's <laughs> yeah. crazy I and mean, we get ned in there too right we got yeah. ned and betty and he has to save them too yeah. and um 
Yeah, it's cool, man. You know, it's a shame because I really like seeing the chemistry between Mysterio and Spidey team up. Yeah, like, me too. Going into this, I'm like, I could watch these two team up all day. Oh, yeah. The know? chemistry between the both of them, and you can yeah. see it on the press tour as well. Yeah. Palpable. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. It really worked for me. Yeah. What are you thinking about this scene, Sanjay? Oh, yeah. Like, this scene worked. Like, you have the Czech uh, light festival going on so he has like amazing backdrop and mm-hmm. then you have like it, it just looks beautiful and you said the night monkey suit works for me in this i know i was kind of making fun of it when it came out like yep. the stealth suit without the fingers like <laughs> but it works yeah. like he doesn't need it he's not like for sne- i thought it'd be like a spy suit or something right but that's not what it's there for it's just to hide his identity yeah. so no i thought that was great um yeah this, this was this is a great scene I, you know mysterio fighting the molten man it's great man this yep. is this is a great scene i mean there's it's crazy because like you watch you like yeah that, you know that's that's a, that's a good scene that's a good scene and then you like wait till like you get on later and you're like you don't even know what a good like fight scene oh is my God, yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> like oh. it's good it's good yeah but it's not like the best fight scene in the movie well, and this is yeah. it's, it's a bit typical right mm-hmm. it's yeah. not outside of the box this yeah. is yeah. a very formulaic if you will spider-man fight scene yeah. big thing throw a rock you know what i mean yeah there's nothing different about it and right. he spends a lot of time holding up the carnival and all that but the big thing in here i did catch it first viewing is yeah. when he dings the projector exactly oh yeah and it's kind of like what's that and i didn't really think much of it mm. and no. like it all rewinds back to you and this is these couple things you get in the film a couple times it's like this big flood of like holy crap i saw that yeah now it all makes sense contextually you know I, that, that's what it does really well too in this film and I think it's a lot goes to the writing is reveals like that the mysterious reveal the drone reveal all oh, going back to the carnival and all that yeah. mm-hmm. you never find yourself sitting back and going okay let me think about this like it yeah. all just comes back and you're like I get it yeah yeah. and that's yeah. hard to do yeah. because there's been MCU films where there's reveals and you have to sit back in your seat for a second and really think hard okay right. okay I'm linking up these things man okay I get it now mm-hmm. and you sit there for you know 10 seconds of the film thinking about the past like half an hour this just works for you. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. this part here, really, really cool how they inserted that and just very subtly. And yeah. that also brings MJ into the picture here. Mm-hmm. This is a character that we've we've referenced a few times here, but she comes more important kind of after this carnival scene. Mm-hmm. And her actual reveal that she knows and deduced who Peter Parker is. Yeah. I like this. This oh, is yeah. where I think the chemistry shift happens. Because mm-hmm. this is right after the carnival fight, right after they're in the opera house, where she kind of starts to lean a bit more like, okay, yeah, I've been kind of looking at you in that way. Yeah. Um, she becomes a very important part of kind of the forward progression here. Do you like that they went with the reveal? They kind of spoiled it in the trailers. Yeah. But does yeah. it make sense to you that it wasn't her haphazardly stumbling over the fact that he is Spider-Man, that she was just like, yeah, I, I know you are. Fits, to me, it fits the character that Zendaya is portraying. Yeah. That she just kind of calls him out on it. Yeah, no, it, it works. And I mean, it's it's classic MJ. They even, you know, make a nod to that in the movie where um, Brad's like, that's classic MJ for you. Because she is more MJ than we've ever had yeah. on the big screen. And, you know, when you go to the comics, she knew who Peter Parker was for the longest time. Yeah. Um, so they just kind of skipped through it and didn't give us like 10 movies of her investigating. So it worked for me a lot. And I like that because it's cool when MJ's in on with Spider-Man because she's like the one person that knows the ins and outs. She helps me prepare the costume, you know, like. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. MJ just needs to be there. And uh, she holds it down. Zendaya is so good in this film. Oh. She's incredible in this. She just embodies yeah. the character. She's smart, witty, but grounded. And she has her guard up at all times. And she she kind of has that lowest lane where she could handle mm-hmm. it on her own. She doesn't yeah. need someone to save her. I, I love love what Zendaya does in this film. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's something that's so endearing yeah. about that character. Mm-hmm. Endearing. I should say not enduring. <laughs> <laughs> it... 
I, it's all Zendaya. Yeah. Like it's, it's beautifully portrayed. It's very different than what we've seen in the past. Yeah. Kind of that, even those deadpan deliveries that she does. Yeah. It all works so well into that awkwardness of right. being a teenager. Yeah. At that point. Are you feeling MJ the same way? Oh yeah. Yeah. No, this is, this is great chemistry. I mean, Spider-Man, he's, he's kind of like the Romeo. Like he's had like, you know, you look at all the films he's had, he's had like different women each different time, you yeah. know, that he's been kind of getting with and stuff. So, uh, <laughs> with this one with Zendaya, um, yeah, no, she does a terrific job. Um, she, you know, I haven't seen her in anything else besides these two movies. You see British Woman? No, her. I haven't seen oh, that. Oh, I yeah. okay. No, no, yeah. no, no. I just own it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, so, yeah, maybe I'm going to check it out now because yeah. I, I think she's terrific in this. Tom Holland and her, they definitely have great chemistry. Yeah. yeah no, it, it's... It, no, I, I, I buy it. Yeah. I buy it. Well, and I, the thing that with MJ here becoming a more important piece of <laughs> this story is that she now becomes a target of Beck because mm-hmm. he's able to go back and say, oh, crap, you know, as he's doing kind of the reconstruction of, I guess, the air elemental, whatever it turns mm-hmm. out to be for the Battle of London for this, his big finale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she becomes a target. Yeah. And that makes it more personal for, for Peter Parker at this yeah. point. And so it's a nice linkage to, to actually make Peter Parker make that leap. My friends are in trouble. Very Luke Skywalker. Yeah. And I'm going to run to save them, exactly. right? And do whatever I have to do. Mm-hmm. So him coming to the aid of his friends, I, I really like what they do here. And making MJ a more important piece of that. It's not it's not the damsel in distress yes. either, which I like. It's not her being taken by back and him dangling her yeah. and then Peter Parker having to come get her. No, yeah. it's it's something different. It's, it's a bit more organic, I find. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that they haven't gone that, like, because they use that a lot with Kirsten Dunst, right? In the yeah. first Spider-Man stuff, the damsel in distress. Mm-hmm. It wasn't it. It's just a strong, powerful character yeah. in this. And she continuously portrays that, even when they're being attacked by the drones. Like, she's got that big mace. Yeah, mace. Yeah. 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 yeah, she's yeah, like, she's what's up? <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say, like, you know, in defense of Kirsten Dunn's Spider-Man, you know, she's, she has no superpowers, and she's battling supervillains. No, and that's fair. And I guess yeah. it's all context of the film. Yeah. But to me, she feels more like the damsel in distress. Yeah. yeah. Where they don't go that path yeah. with, with MJ in, the, in this universe. At least, I don't think they're going to. No. Because no. it is too powerful, too... And again, it's all about how the character is written. It's not mm-hmm. nothing against the actress or no, anything no, no. like that. Yeah. But it's about how they use the, the, that female character in mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's used more as kind of a driving... It's it's not this used in the same way that we've seen it in the past yeah. superhero yeah. movies, right? Yeah. So, which, which I really do like. Now, what this all kind of really drives us towards is, you know, they understand and find out the Mysterio is this fraud. They mm-hmm. bring this to Nick Fury... As they bring it to Nick Fury, we get tossed into one of the best Spider-Man fights, if not one of the best MCU solo outing fights. Oh, I think it's going down as the best Spider-Man action sequence for sure. Oh yeah, this illusion thing—it's going to be—it's hard to like even walk through in any sort of detail. Yeah, it is a visual delight. Yeah, it's an experience. Oh, masterpiece, man. Mm. Yeah, 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 man. You you guys want to do LSD and watch it with me? Never done it during my life, but yeah. for this one, sure. <laughs> Holy man, that's like, what it felt like, yeah. man. Like, but not that I've ever done LSD, yeah. but like that's what I imagined it would cool. be like. The sequencing of it is is incredible, though. Like, we've had a similar esque scene when you look at Doctor Strange, right? Very yeah. trippy, yeah. Right yeah. out yeah. there. Yeah, but this to me, like, that felt 
way out there. Yeah. This this is very well choreographed, if I can call it that. Oh my god. Yeah. The way that they pull it all together. Everything from the you know, not to zombie Iron Man. Yes. So cool. To everything that's going like it's it's incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The like the statue of like the fallen uh cap. Yes. Yeah. Get to see in there and then you see the Mysterio statue rise instead. That's so cool. Um the mirror image of Spider Man fighting Spider Man right out of the comics. Yes. It's it's a masterpiece, man. The stuff they do, you're constantly on the edge of your seat the whole time because you have no idea what's going on. Like, seeing it three times, I'm still like, what's going to happen? <laughs> it's fantastic. Seeing Spider-Man get different costumes, too, yes. throughout the whole battle, it's, oh, it's, it's And incredible. it's a long sequence. It's oh, long yeah. Like, they take, yeah. There's, there's a few, like, where you think it's over, yeah. but it's not. Yeah. And I think that that's great because it really pulls you into the idea of how much this illusion is is affecting and is believable and is real. Yeah. yeah. Because like when they pop it for Nick Fury, to me it feels like that. I thought that was the end of it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's like if Infinity War didn't come out, no, not Endgame, didn't come out this year and have that like crazy battle at oh the my end, gosh, yeah. this would have been the fight of the year for superhero yeah. films, yeah, you know? It's, it's up there. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, for anybody out there that um, underestimates Mysterio, this is like the scene that will make you think of this character as a big threat. Yeah, like yeah. this guy has some stuff up his sleeves. Um, makes you want to take him very seriously after yeah. seeing this scene. Yeah. Definitely. Well, it definitely reminds me of like the Amazing Spider-Man animated series from the 90s. Mm-hmm. Where he had those cubes and he'd shoot them at Spider-Man. And Spider-Man would be like in this like new alternate reality dimension kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah. This just takes it up to another level. Like every like panel it, like every like second felt like a cover of a comic book yeah oh, you know yeah. like you could have just plastered that on that image onto a comic beware the mysterio and you would have been like as a kid you would have picked up this this looks cool i'm yeah. gonna read this you know like it it just looks so cool the imagery and everything that they did with it, it is cool like yeah. when spider-man punches mysterio's head but it's actually a brick wall behind yeah. it and yeah. you yeah. see the moon and then it turns into mysterio's like head yeah he's holding mj and it gets thrown through like the the mirror and like that scatter image. Yeah. Oh, the imagery is crazy. Yeah. So good. This is one of those things that's rewind and repeat. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. right? yeah. there's probably a lot of subtle details in there that is, that are probably missed. Because yeah. that's one thing that you know John Watts writers and everything that who the people who crafted this film paid attention to. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. The detail. I love the eye zombie Iron Man. Oh, it's uh, crazy. Yeah. I would have never thought in a million years we'd see a Marvel zombie reference. Yeah. Right. And here we go, like yeah. big yeah. time. Yeah. Huh. And it works. Like it's, yeah. it's it's in context. Yeah. Yeah. It makes so much sense. Yeah. It's brilliant here. And this is really how Mysterio takes Peter Parker Spider-Man off of the board for a while. Yeah. You know, he needs to put him away, tie up the loose ends of his friends, and then he has this one big last show. Yeah. And that's what I like about Jake Gyllenhaal and all this mm. when he's choreographing this last show oh, down to the particular man. like turn it up, you know, yeah. more destruction. Yeah. And it's all about, you know, the showmanship of it all. Yeah. And Jake Gyllenhaal, he freaking tunes nails in. this. He tunes oh. into it. Yeah. Even that nightmare scene too, like his voice when he's yelling yeah. at Peter. Oh, just yeah. like, it has a bit of the Heath Ledger when he's yelling. When, yeah. he, when Heath yeah. Ledger videotapes him killing that imposter Batman. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. He, like, Gyllenhaal like taps into that a little bit yeah. in this one. Crazy. Oh, yeah. So good. Yeah. So good. Oh, yeah. Like, you, you mentioned Batman. Like, me and Carlos were talking. Like, this felt like... I think, actually, you mentioned it. I don't know who well, mentioned Carlos it. mentioned it, and then I related to Yeah, you. yeah. So yeah. Shout out to Carlos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it feels like a Scarecrow scene. Like, you know, in mm. the new Batman film. Yeah, the film, Arkham series. It, yeah, if they, like, up the ante on, like, his fear toxin. Yeah. This is why you could absolutely have something like this. Yeah. Major oh. trip. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. And oh. this puts this puts Spider-Man and, like, Peter Parker's Spider-Man. I've been 
assigning them kind of like dual dual <laughs> character because it's so much so both of them at this point yeah um but this is what puts him in his back heels i mean he ends up in i believe holland yeah. this oh. is kind of an odd scene yeah, the netherlands is it yeah. because yeah. his last name is holland <laughs> like if his last name was like berlin he would have ended up there he maybe? was in berlin right? okay this if his last name was stockholm he would have ended up there i don't know but it felt to me like a very canadian like everyone here is very nice like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of been all like oh yeah i just have my cell phone I, yeah, any yeah. uh any listeners from holland let us know if that's what it's like well it's funny because he even frees them and then the guards are like anything going on over there and they're just like put themselves yeah. back yeah. in the cage because they're that nice yeah okay. like, they're like soccer hooligans too. yeah yeah <laughs> Like, yeah, and it was it was a nice light moment coming off that very heavy illusion oh, scene. Oh, yeah. It's kind of this, like, moment of levity where it's like, okay, yeah. And then, then it is very emotional again. Mm-hmm. We've got Happy Hogan coming to the mm-hmm. rescue in the Stark Jet, him flying it, which is kind of funny. Yeah. yeah. And then he kind of, like, we saw this scene to a degree in one of the trailers, yeah, the second the or third trailer. Um, but it's even the scene with Happy Hogan where he has this, like he chose you for a reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of that realization moment for, and almost that, that oh, I, I don't want to call it the Uncle Ben moment, mm-hmm. but it's again, a never, another pivotal moment in the character development of Peter Parker mm-hmm. is that he realizes, yeah, he's realized he made that mistake. He gave mm-hmm. the glasses to Beck. What's he going to do? And Happy Hogan just has this conversation with yeah. him just breaks it down and said tony picked you for a reason yeah. like he wouldn't have snapped his fingers if he knew if he didn't know that you were going to be here yeah mm-hmm. and so that that weighs quite heavily on parker and that's like you can see it in his face yeah right? very oh, emotional all that and then we move into this this brilliant i love this callback guys acdc <laughs> i love him, it and the kind of that moment where happy hogan looks back at him and he's got his hand in the kind of the virtual yeah. web mm-hmm. swingers or whatever mm-hmm. and it feels very much like an Iron Man montage, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. And he, Didn't I, he get it wrong? Yeah, he yeah, called he says it. Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love Led Zeppelin. <laughs> so good. Uh, it's it's absolutely fantastic. What do you guys think of this, this suit montage, though? Um, like, so I love the speech between Happy and Peter. Yeah. It kind of mm-hmm. reminds me of... Uh, uh, I forgot her. Sally Field is it uh, that plays at May in Amazing Spider-Man oh, which yeah, she has yeah. that speech to Peter it's it's really good speech but anyways I like what he says you know Tony was a mess Tony can't even be Iron Man you know yeah. he basically says yeah. and I love this speech so much because this for me is the defining moment to show and let the audience know that Spider-Man is going to be Spider-Man not Iron Man yeah, yeah. he's like because yeah. like, everyone's worried like is he going to be the new Iron Man mm-hmm. like we don't really want that mm-hmm this is for sure letting you know that Spider-Man is going to be the Spider-Man yeah. of this whole world. There's going to be influential elements, but it's for not sure. going to be Iron Man. Yeah, and it's yeah. not going to yeah. take over, which yeah. I really appreciate. That was really cool. For me, uh, the construction of the costume, I was like, uh, I don't know, the music's whatever, but I like, I don't like seeing too much tech when it comes yeah. to Spider-Man. Yeah. So I appreciate the homage they're paying to like the Iron Man 1 and Iron, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff, which is cool. I didn't, not like the scene it just wasn't anything that did anything for yeah. me i guess if that yeah. makes any sense yeah. i did like seeing the suit game like you know like sewed or needled in yeah. yeah and then they have like all the different suits like I there's kind that. of like yeah. a civil war iron spider suit yeah suit, and then kind of a bigger emblem suit as well mm-hmm. yeah, yeah that's dope was yes. there the venom black suit in there you guys no. don't know think no, so, no. any like easter eggs though like like the video I think game if one you, or... i think if you went back into it there mm-hmm. i don't have the familiar the suits but there's probably in the same way that into the spider verse did it where they had yeah. all the suits in the yeah. yeah that's yeah. great very very similar i think yeah. like the hull of armor yeah yeah, if yeah. You will. like what do you think of this scene uh yeah i liked it it kind of was like that moment where like you get pumped up again and you're like yeah this feels kind of like iron man-esque but it's like 
it works in this context because mm-hmm. they're, they're trying to like uh, you know like unshackle spider-man from iron man kind mm-hmm. of thing so to me it worked and i like the song choice and i was like okay let's do this let's mm-hmm. go let's go kick mysterious butt yeah kick his ass that's what, he says. <laughs> yeah. what are you gonna do spider-man kick his ass yeah, yeah yeah but i don't like you say unshackle from iron man to me the shackles him more firmly to iron man this is, to me it was kind of just like okay like it's a it's a breakout moment yeah but it's to me it's you know, paying homage, but also paralleling very closely <laughs> yeah. what's happened with Tony Stark, which I, I kind of down with. I get yeah. and I can appreciate kind of the, the lack of tech. Yeah. But that's how they've constructed this Spider-Man. Yeah. And I'm yeah. okay with it. Yeah. yeah. To me, it's kind of just like, okay, like, Iron Man, you're here. You've done all this stuff for us. Here's, like, the music. I'm going to use you one last time. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not going to, like, I'm going to go on my own. Like, yeah. I'm baby bird going to fly the nest. But this yeah. sets up for future, like, new suits he's going to make, but he's going to have yeah. this tech to make them. Pretty yeah. easy, yeah. yeah. He so doesn't have like, to sew like, it anymore. No, and that's, like, that's an excuse for them to make more suits, make yeah. more legends for us to buy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what exactly. I mean? He's not going to yeah. draw it on the paper like Tobey Maguire. Yeah. And color it in. Yeah, right? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and, like, who sewed those suits? Was yeah. it him? Ant-Man. Well, Andrew Garfield made a suit out of basketball leather material. Pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right and this this leads us really to this final battle in london here we've had what is the best battle already yeah in yeah. the film but this is a fairly cool one too because this really brings in the elements of the drones yeah and him getting inside mm-hmm. of the visual effect and thousands and thousands of these big huge drones i really like this scene you know it was another very exciting edgier seat type we've got you know his friends in danger yeah but we're getting beneath the elemental here and then we finally get the one-on-one with mysterio and i like even through this mysterio is like i want my suit like get the wrinkles out yeah yeah they're gonna go meet the queen after yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) it plays very heavily into that so as a kind of capping off to this film this big end sequence here it's i like that it's not a duplicate of molten man of the water elemental yeah. where we're fighting mm-hmm. this this kind of takes and brings kind of a new element to the fight did yeah. you guys did you buy into this troy did you like this final scene yeah this is cool because um i mean mysterio what he called it uh, avengers threat level, yes mm-hmm. right using all the drones from um from the glasses there but yeah no this scene is awesome this one's right up there because this whole film too is also building up spider-man spider senses everyone's like where is it it's not present this yeah. film lets you know that it's kind of like a Smallville episode where, like, uh, yeah. Clark Kent's, like, growing through puberty and he yeah. has to, like, grow these powers. He has to learn how to fly. Spider-Man has to learn how to use and tap into the ability of his spider sense. And he does it. It's like a uh, Karate Kid moment. You yeah. know, when he channels yeah. in and he takes a deep breath, closes his eyes, and then he goes into, like, this this the spider sense yeah, mode. Trans. It's awesome. And yeah. he, like, picks up the shield and, like, an engine. And he, like, oh, shoves yeah. it down the drone and... It's it's very Vader going down the corridor oh, of Rogue yeah. One, it's, but Spider Man like yeah, it was so cool. Um, I love Happy. Happy oh. to me is the best line. Where he attempts to throw the shield. From the oh yeah, like, how does Cap do that? Yeah, <laughs> I was dying. For me, that was the funniest moment. That's so of good. The film. So it was good. Great. It's so funny too because I thought he was actually gonna throw it, and then it goes like a foot in front of him like yeah. it's just like heavy ass like yeah you know roman shield or whatever. yeah yeah, yeah it, was, it was so funny and there's another scene too where um spider-man because he's battle damaged his suit's torn to to pieces and he picks up the one sign which he uses as a shield yeah and then he yeah. picks up this other oh, engine that's... bomb and he just goes at it and he throws it up and takes out like 20 drones yeah and his his agility his fight choreography everything is there on the table this is spider-man to the core and 
again, this is another fantastic uh, fight sequence. Whereas if you were to take away the Mysterio, I think this could still possibly contend for one of the best Spider-Man scenes out there. Definitely. Yeah. And like the hallway yeah. scene too. Oh, with my Mysterio. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's not much I can add to that. Like you, you nailed it perfectly. I'm um, just going over the sentiments. Like, yeah, no, it was great. And as you said, like they gave a little bit more of Mary Jane and the rest of his class. You know, kind of fighting back using the mace and like going into the Queen's Guard and stuff. And but the, like those scenes in the past take away from the final battle. This yeah. added to it. Exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. Thor: Dark World. Yes. I'm sure Again, is another like one. That. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, yeah. When they're oh, yeah. fighting yeah. and they're kissing. And yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. in, in the Dark World. Here, it's like. Well, don't they do that in this one? Like, there's like the big battle. Battle, and then it's like damage all around and then mj and peter kiss at the very very end there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah because there's two things it's after the battle it's after the battle so the battle is ended but that's one when they kind of pay homage to the andrew garfield emma stone they have that awkward kind of like kiss in the hallway and they like walk away yeah yeah and they're both happy and then they also pay homage to um sam Raimi's green goblin uh, when he kind of apologizes to peter and kind of suckers him yeah. but then spider-man spider sense comes and he oh, hits the goblins yeah he does that with mysterio mysterio's about right. to apologize and give up and peter's like wait and he catches that yeah, arm so, the bullet goes I off i have no idea yeah. what happened oh. yeah like, until they zoom back out like, yeah oh, yeah really cool so scene. powerful yeah. scene yeah right yeah oh yeah. that's great yeah love that like that yeah. they, like, great moment and that's that to me is the standout here yeah because the mysterious scene is is very visually pleasing yeah mm-hmm. this from a like an action perspective yeah. is awesome yeah. yeah like that hallway scene like again like you mentioned the vader thing and him yeah. just like hopping down it yeah like like avoiding bullets and yeah it capped off with that catching the gun yeah oh yeah yeah what do you think about them killing mysterio though or apparently killing mysterio yeah i think they did confirm he's dead yeah and it works for me because going back to what i think they're gonna do is he's gonna kind of always remain present in a holographic form led Uh, by his team yeah yeah. and that kind of works for me because you can kind of always have him around yeah Mm -hmm. um but it's such a shame too because this is very killmonger like where it's like you had Mm -hmm. michael b jordan who was fantastic and you had Jake Gyllenhaal, who just nailed it, and he's gone. Yeah, so, you can technically still have. But him. you can still have him. Yeah, yeah he right. has a better chance showing yeah. up, obviously, than than Killmonger. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. What'd you guys think? Uh, I just pointed. I'd like to see him in Sinister Six. Mm-hmm. I think this is more just Gyllenhaal saying, "I want to do one Spider-Man film." Yeah. You know, much like uh, Joaquin Phoenix said, "I'm just doing one. I'm not doing any sequels." Mm-hmm. This kind of reminds me, because like if it was like a, I don't know how to say lesser actor, but if it was like not Hall, like he's such a big name yeah i could easily see see them being like hell yeah i'll do like eight spider-man films if you want me to right. be mysterio i'll put the fishbowl on yeah but him he's kind of like i got other projects i'll just do this one yeah you know make some extra coin and got then... an oscar to win give that guy an oscar for nightcrawler still yeah but, exactly yeah. right yeah <laughs> <laughs> no so yeah it's it's i think it's an appropriate way to end this villain mm-hmm. um yeah i would like to see more of him yeah but you like I think a guy like Killmonger, you can have more of a story arc for. Yeah. This story arc feels like it was it came to a close in this film. Right. But like you, the, you there's no got, lingering things for me. No, but you could have got some cool stuff when they set up Sinister Six. hundred percent. Which yeah. which is I think what I think you could do with just doing that team of bringing him back because you oh, don't okay. need him to lead anything. You just need him to pop up. Like yeah. even if he showed yeah. up again and Spider-Man's like, what the heck? Like he's back. Yeah. You can have that team lingering around to kind of revive. Uh, I guess in a way which I'm sure we're going to see because when you get to the post credits you know he's left as the big hero exactly Mm -hmm. so yeah and that's that's, I think it's a great segue into this is that we we go to Peter Parker and Mary Jane you know they're they're back in New York. We get a great web singing sequence. Yeah, yeah. we get a lot more, a lot of the web singing in this. Yes, film, right? yeah, yeah. Thank goodness. Yeah, yeah. especially yeah. at the beginning there. Well, at the end of 
towards the end of the film yeah. when he's going out with MJ. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very great stuff there. Um, you know, a little bit of homage to the Spider-Man, the Raimi stuff, yeah, Tim yeah. Holier yeah. and all that. Really cool. It's funny too because this is some of the set photos that we saw, and this is literally the end of the film. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. him in the black suit in yeah. New York. Mm-hmm. Um, really great stuff again, kind of showing what did ned call the like friends of spider-man like the oh, kind of oh, like, mos yeah 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 yeah, MOS, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> like just great stuff but then we kind of zip like this this movie ends we're all kind of happy satisfied everyone's high five in here and then probably two of the best post-credit sequences yes. oh yeah that we've gotten like we've gotten a lot of good ones yeah but what this does for the universe is enormous we speculated you know are they going to do a new avengers tease we all thought maybe bringing tony back into the picture ai to some degree or a message glad they didn't do that but they went with holy crap guys j jonah jameson he's back jk simmons baby oh man like I, I was like, what is happening here? <laughs> yeah. I mean, talk about an Easter egg. Like, Beyond that, like, yeah. this sets up three. This gets you back into kind of, and you're better to, to point this out, Troy, mm. is where New York doesn't like Spider-Man. Yeah. And it's like. given a reason for J. Jonah Jameson to be in that antagonistic role against Peter yes, Parker. Yes. The da- DailyBugle.net. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the yeah. cops not liking them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, like the Batman stories too, mm-hmm. right? When they're not on the same team with Batman. This would be so cool to see the cops like, get out here. You're a menace. Yeah. You know? yeah. Can't wait yeah. to see more of that. Captain Stacy maybe make an appearance? Possibly, because he's yeah. the only one. Him and, well, there's DeWolf too that actually liked Spider-Man. So that'd be pretty cool if there was that one cop that's on Spidey's side. Yeah. yeah. I wonder then if we'll see a Gwen Stacy. Like, kind of like, flirt with that like love triangle a little bit Ooh, that'd be crazy yeah reverse yeah. it because yeah yeah, okay, yeah it would cool. be reversed yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i Same like that rami kind of did that right the other yeah. way around yeah. 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 yeah yeah but him being revealed here mm-hmm. yeah as peter parker by mysterio my other footage presented by j jonah jameson here this is uh again going down the path of the mcu with no secret identity yeah. yeah this this puts them in a bit of a corner i think oh yeah this they they have to have some plans here yeah uh this is very deliberate yes but i it's i'm interested to see what they do with this like i don't know how they progress peter parker now when I mean, we just had a big peter parker story yeah how do we get around this how does he still go to school like is <laughs> right yeah this makes it a little bit more difficult mm-hmm. it's gonna be interesting to see what they do even from a, an avengers perspective yeah, this is going to be tough. I think this is something, like you said, deliberate, but I think it's something that's not going to stick. Um, going with the comics, too, especially. Like, Civil War, they had a hard time recovering once Peter's identity was out yes. there, and mm-hmm. everyone's a target. That's something you would literally have to put him up in, like, Avengers Tower yeah. Yeah. at all times. So I think they're going to do some kind of reverse Um This movie did hint that we did have Dimitri, who's mm-hmm. the half-brother of... Um, of Craven, mm-hmm. who he's also uh, the chameleon, yeah, the shapeshifter, oh, right? So there's that angle they can play with. Uh, again, there's Craven, and we all know Craven's last hunt. He dons the identity of Spider-Man because he feels like he could be better than Spider-Man. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it'd be interesting, even if he took on the mantle for Spider-Man for a second, and they kind of flipped it they to said, put well, it on it's him. Actually, not Peter Parker. Exactly, yeah. yeah, a crazy, crazy one. Like this is pushing it out there, and this is just me fanboying. Is Matt Murdock shows up to oh. represent Peter Parker. And he puts on the suit for like two seconds because they in the times in the comics they swap suits. Yeah. But if Matt Murdock showed up just to represent Peter Parker on yeah. trial, oh man, uh, can you imagine? Played by uh, was it Mr. Cox? Yeah, uh, Charlie himself, Cox. Charlie yeah. Cox, man. Yeah. But that's never gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm gonna take a wait and see approach. Like yeah. I, I kind of like 
I like the idea of secret identities. I'm old school sure, that way. Same. They have to bring it back. Yeah. Um, but like MCU, there really isn't anyone with a secret identity, so mm-hmm. I could see them kind of doing away with it. But now that it's out there, I hope they don't just like gloss over it where it's like a, a Cree just like turns into Spider-Man and then they're or like, scroll. yeah, scroll. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Or like turns into like Peter Parker and then the Spider-Man flies by and I was like, what are you talking about? They He's not. do that too with right? Talos, yeah. But like, I hope they don't because that's such an easy fix. I hope it's like something a little bit like there's some stakes to this and like, okay, Peter Spider-Man. That means like MJ, you know, you were just swinging with Mary Jane. So clearly you two are an item kind of thing. <laughs> like, let's go after her kind of thing. So I hope there are some stakes, but like this fundamentally changes every spider-man story exactly right? at such a young age too especially right so like all the best stories are like as you mentioned like spider-man he gets the date with the girl and then all of a sudden like the kingpin comes and then he's got to like leave the date he looks like a jerk but he does the right thing because he's got to take out <laughs> the kingpin. to me we've seen that twice mm-hmm. like both films play with that mm-hmm. and i like that they're changing the that dynamic mm-hmm. because i have another film where he's running away from mary jane or she's seemingly more accepting like Text, like, don't text and swing. Yeah. Type yeah. Thing. Like, she's come to terms with that. But I, I like that they're uh, changing up the character. Because mm-hmm. this whole thing about secret identity, and, and I appreciate it for Spider-Man, mm-hmm. and I understand that walking it back is going to be difficult, and that they had a hard time with it in the comic books. But yeah. I think, I'm ag- I agree with you. Wait and yeah. see on this one to see yeah. what they do with it, because they clearly have some plan for they it. They have to, yeah. They have to, um, yeah. And we'll kind of go from there. But mm-hmm. the second post credit scene... Oh, uh, me and Carlos just so, sat back and watched your guys. So <laughs> yeah, oh. Car- Carlos and, and Troy had both seen this, and Troy goes like, "I can't wait to see your face, Tim." So I'm like running through scenarios in my head, like, "Is it a cap reference?" Like, that's what kept coming to mind. And this car going, we got Fury and and Hill, and then I didn't quite catch Hill go first. No, right. no. But like, and then he started going, and I looked at Hill, and I was like, Ooh. <laughs> "Like, I damn near fell into my seat." Right? Yeah. This Nuts. was so cool. Shocker. And how long have we been saying on this podcast, right? Maria yeah. Hill's a scroll? Since that Comic-Con where they announced scrolls are going to yeah. be Captain Marvel, we're like, Maria Hill, a yeah. scroll. And yeah. so <laughs> technically, not that we were thinking a bit more in a, a antagonistic, yeah, long-term yeah. sort of thing, but fills the role kind yeah, of. Yeah, we'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact that they got Ben Mendelsohn back and the same actress that played his wife mm-hmm. in uh, Captain Marvel, yeah. it's, it's kind of cool i don't know what it sets up here like we've got fury on a, either the sword ship or right. scrolls scroll like there's all yeah. scrolls milling about in the background yeah mm-hmm. and my what i really got from this was that like i said earlier on that it's okay vacation's over let's set up the new avengers yeah why though like i love it but mm-hmm. why did he send them like why were they there like I'd maybe have to see it again to, to get some of the context around it, but why didn't Fury just go? Or he's on vacation. Well, <laughs> it, it might just necessarily be because I can't remember the character for Sword, but yeah, the person that like leads the it with the silver green hair, hair, green, green hair. hair. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if she's tied with Fox or whatever the case is, but maybe what they want to do before the whole thing is make Fury bigger and have him yeah. move from uh, off world to like the universe yeah, yeah. Uh, so maybe they want yeah. to transition him over there so it makes sense for him to just have like someone else down there be like the a man figurehead. exactly right yeah. yeah yeah right so possibly yeah. Did, did you, yeah what do you think of this one? Oh man this was great and you know, i have a theory i think this is going to set up fantastic four that's Ooh. yeah that's one of the big Ooh. things that are out there yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah man give it to me what do you got 
I don't know. Just, just something to do with it, though. <laughs> just something. I don't okay. know. Yeah, they'll just be like four people. They're going in a spaceship. I'll take Maybe it. Maybe they get drunk one night and leave the girl behind, and then they go into the negative zone with Doctor Doom. Yeah. I right. think they tried that once. It didn't yeah. end too well. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. To me, I, I love this, though. Yeah. Like, scrolls in here. And again, this is where, where this film does so well at weaving in so many different elements here. Yeah. This sets up big. It could set up more scroll or this uh, Kree scroll war. It could set up for a kind of a reverse secret invasion where the Kree are actually the invading yeah, force. Because right. they talk about sleeper cells. Right. And so to- twisting that whole story on its head. Yeah. Um, it makes it harder for the whole who do you trust type thing. But again, it could set up a much larger arc for here. Mm-hmm. And what it tells me too is that the scroll's going to. I think at least this could be just very much a throwaway, but the scrolls could play potentially a big role in phase four. Mm-hmm. And this goes mm-hmm. to the idea of cosmic being an important piece of Marvel phase four as well, which could bring in something like the fantastic four. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant stuff here. Mm-hmm. No Oscorp, no Norman, no Harry, no Baxter building. Slow burn. We did. We did see him fly through the Avengers tower. Yeah. Right. So they yeah. reconstructed all that. Yeah. So they didn't pan up. That's what I was, yeah. you know, at the point when they did the, J. Jordan Jameson review. I thought that was going to be an Oscorp thing. Right. I thought they're going to pan up and, and you're going to see, see the, the tower. Yeah. That cool. But so we don't have that. It's lingering. Yeah. Slow burn. Absolutely love it. Yeah. Um, now, guys, we've been going for about an hour 45. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to save our rankings till next week. All right. Cool. All right. Yeah. Next week. But to cap this whole thing off, you know, we've talked through this thing in a great amount of detail. Likely missed a few little things here, but hopefully we captured most of it. But one question. Do you guys recommend <laughs> Spider-Man Far From Home, Troy? I recommend it three times, man. Go yeah. out there and check this movie. What are you doing? Yes. Yeah. Sanjay. Absolutely. See it in theaters. Buy the steel book. Buy yeah. the VHS. Buy the toys. Buy everything. Yeah. yeah. If yeah. you find a Mysterio, let me know. Yeah. 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 I'm on the hunt for a legend right now. I agree with you guys. Full recommend here from the room, of course. You guys just listened to this last hour and 45 minutes. Of course, we're recommending this film. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. But boys, this has been an absolute delight talking through this film. It was a great time watching with yourselves and Carlos going yeah. doing the live reactions for the first time. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Hope you guys enjoyed this. Mm-hmm. And if you'd like to become a bigger part of this show, including our Ask Us Anything collecting edition, we're going to be recording that very soon. So get your questions in. If you'd like to be a part of that, you can either hit us up at hashtag AskTheNerdRoom or you can email us at thenerdroom at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Twitter. Our handles are at the end of the episode. You can find everything we do on thenerdroom.net as well as StarWarsCommonwealth.com where you can also find all of the other podcasts in the StarWarsCommonwealth podcast network. Again, like always, doing bang up jobs here. We're coming into July. We're coming into a bit of a drought. But we've got San Diego Comic-Con in just a few weeks, guys. And MCU announced they're coming. MCU announced that they're going to be at Comic-Con. Hall An H? hour and a half Hall H panel. Oh, have yeah. mercy. Look out, Phase 4. <laughs> Fantastic yeah. 4. Bring up Krasinski. Yeah. Bring up Emily. <laughs> let's go. Here we go. Yeah, let's go. Oh, it's man. going to be an exciting time. We're coming up with an exciting review, and we're just going to get more of this MCU brilliance yes. laid in front of us. It's going to be a very exciting few weeks. We're going to be back next week talking all things prelude to san diego comic-con and then we've got some other stuff we're gonna do but we're gonna be back at the mics guys and before we sign off we always give a big shout out to our man rob wade for endorsing this podcast over on mostly14.com with all that being said guys we gotta close this thing out i gotta go edit this thing we gotta go collect some legends get out on the hunt guys let us know what you're doing look at our instagram page at the nerd rm we're posting stuff all the time mostly about the hunt yeah most of what we're doing Troy got a new hashtag on there. Hashtag stay nerd. Yeah, stay hashtag nerd. we oh, the nerd. Yeah. nerd. Yes, you can find us at all those hashtags. And guys, we really hope you've enjoyed this. We will be back next Yo, week. Yo, I got a new hashtag we can use. What? You know, like 
the raptor, former raptor, Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. We could be Kawhi Leonard. Oh. Yeah. See if you can make it work. <laughs> Love me some good hashtags. Anyways, guys, for the Nerd Room, I'm Tim. I'm Troy. And I'm Sanjay. And thank you guys very much for entering the Nerd Room. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts, Tim, Troy, and Sanjay, on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, and Sanjabi. For more content from The Nerd Room, check out thenerdroom.net. And don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you plug in. Be sure to head over to StarWarsCommonwealth.com to find more podcasts from Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, including Talk Star Wars, Tumbling Saber, Generation X-Wing, Road Squadron Podcast, San Diego Saber's Radio Podcast, Retro Inc., and The Sandcrawler Podcast. Follow the Star Wars Commonwealth on Twitter at SWCommonwealth and take your first steps into a larger world.